Hey everybody, I just want to take a minute to talk about our sponsor, Film is Truth. It's a locally owned and operated non-profit video rental store and is the last one in town. They have a collection of over 19,000 films in VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray, so no matter what platform you watch on, you can find the film you're looking for. They have a little bit of everything, but specialize in foreign, independent art house and documentary films, which is super cool because they likely have a selection that you won't be able to find in larger stores or even on some of the larger streaming platforms. Film is Truth is open from noon to 9 p.m. every day and can be found here in Bellingham at 1530 Cornwall Avenue inside of the Terra Organic Market. That's convenient for you because you can get your food and your films in one stop. If you are a non-local listener, then you can find them at filmistruth.com or at facebook.com at filmistruth. All right, you lovely listeners, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Back to Back Films podcast. This week, we're talking about gender and sexuality in film with her and under the skin. I'm your host, Keith. This is Byron. And I'm Jake. And this week, we're joined by special guest, Don Dietrich. Uh, how is everyone? Doing well. Good, yeah. <laughs> Solid. Looking forward to this episode. Yes, me too. These are very interesting films. Um, and a to- it's a topic that we haven't really touched on yet. Um, mainly because my knowledge in this topic is lacking, but also <laughs> like having like essentially three white guys talk about like three three straight white guys talking about something like this without bringing a, an outside perspective is yeah. it just doesn't sit as right, you know. So yeah. um, I'm glad glad you brought this topic to us. Yeah, uh, then and, that's exactly who should be talking about yeah, this topic. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Um, so, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, kind of what you do, interests, stuff like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I teach at Western Washington University, and I'm in the English department, I teach courses in experimental literature and film and media. And um, I'm especially passionate about teaching film. Uh, I like, I'm, I'm attracted to offbeat stuff, and I love working with my students in both uh, film criticism and production projects. And so some of my typical courses are trash cinema, Japanese anime, uh, post-millennial film, and theories of new materialism, and affect is my new course I've been teaching the last couple of years. What films are a part of that course? Um, that's a in, hefty title. Well, these two films are a part of that okay, course. Okay, uh, Her, uh, Ex Machina, Under the Skin, Mad Max, Fury Road, oh, great. <laughs> Locke, um, Tim's Vermeer, Nightcrawler, oh, en- Enemy. 
Yeah, oh, it's, an, it's an awesome course. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and um, doing uh, Get Out as well. Oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Man, that sounds like a great that's list like, of movies. Yeah, it's really yeah, that's cool. Awesome. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm actually writing a book next year on this group of films as well, on post-millennial film. And I just use that term because they're after 2000. Okay. But basically what characterizes these films, they're very contemporary. Most of them are after 2010, actually, is this kind of uh, really innovative uh, approach to technology in filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're creating new forms of subjectivity through technical experience experiments in film and I don't know if you're familiar with theories of affect um, but it's thinking about cinema from the perspective of an embodied spectator not just how we process films with our minds but how films make us feel Um, so if you think about particularly body genres like horror pornography melodrama Mm -hmm. and the way your body might react to each of those genres you begin to see some of the potential for thinking about how important embodiment is to film. Absolutely. So is it more of like the physical reaction to the film? Yes, it literally is. And and also visceral responses. Um, You know, you, you guys are all familiar with one of the first films that was shown of a large train coming into the station and yeah. this this yeah. audience literally jumped out of their seats not because they thought a real train was coming <laughs> through but because their bodies hadn't experienced an image that large mm-hmm. coming at them so wow. quickly so it's based on that precept that we've kind of ignored our bodies yeah. in the role of cinema totally. and it's time to start paying attention to the ways in which they inform our understanding I of love movies. that that's great because I, to me I always go back and forth and I have some trouble with even though I, I did film studies in school with film theory. Sometimes I kind of like, we kind of talked about this a little bit early on in the podcast where it's like, I could, sometimes I can take it or leave it. Cause yeah. sometimes I'm like, it, it mm-hmm. sometimes when people say things like this means that, or this means whatever, mm-hmm. I'm kind of just like, that's just your subjective, like opinion of it, mm-hmm. yeah. man, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's just like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't really like that as much as, like, the experience of, like, this movie made you feel this way. Right. You know, yeah. like, with horror, like, for a long time, I, w- I could not watch horror because it terrified me. It right. made me feel terror. Right. And, but you now might, I can actually watch it, you know? You might have covered your eyes or mm-hmm. your ears or exactly. gotten goosebumps or your heart's racing. It was yep. all kinds of physical effects. But we don't talk about that. We talk about, yeah. like... What is the monster? Yeah. What's the metaphor of the monster? You know, yeah. like and in a way, it's more interesting to understand or try to like understand someone's like reaction because I I can't say that Keith didn't feel that way, right? You know, right. so right. like right. whereas I could be completely right. in a disagreement with right. him with mm-hmm. a theory, right? Well, contemporary um, filmmakers are are trying to elicit bodily responses today. And that's why they're really innovating with film form. So it's mm-hmm. pretty interesting. Yeah, like virtual reality and mm-hmm. and how they're yeah. they're, you know, they're trying to get over that I forget the term, but this the you get sick because yeah. you're proprioception. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like mm. ah, so cool. So <laughs> I think it's it's really interesting because I feel like that's what a lot of filmmakers go for. Like they're they're trying to get the audience to respond in some kind of emotional way mm-hmm. and it's cool that uh, that is like the focus of some of your classes because uh, because I, I, I just me going through some of my film theory classes in college some of them I just it felt like they were a little detached from what filmmakers think and how they think yeah. about their films yeah. uh, but I like that that is like the 
focus because I, I feel like that's going for what the filmmakers are going for. Mm-hmm. And I, I, yeah. I like that a lot. I think yeah. that's right. I think these theories are deeply informed by filmmakers, actually. <laughs> so oh, that yeah. might be why they seem very based and grounded <laughs> in, in uh, the experience of, of watching film. Yeah. How much does 3D play into this, that discussion? Yeah, well, it's one of the frontiers, you know, that mm-hmm. people are deeply exploring. I mean, some people are arguing that we're going to enter a post-symbolic world where we basically step into digitized worlds and we don't need mm-hmm. language anymore because it's going to be like we we experience the world. We don't describe it. We, we are engage. It. Yeah. We are it. We engage <laughs> with it. I, that that is so fascinating to me. Absolutely, you know? I think like Herzog has mentioned stuff like that. Yeah, you know, where he's like, he's obsessed with with image because, yes. like, a, image in itself is a language, but with like Warcraft and everything, like how one could like live in that could be your yes. reality, and then mm-hmm. soon you could be that that language within that game could be yeah. like your language and then like your whole yeah. like, reality shifted right. and yeah it's just nuts. What, i mean really what we're saying is that um uh how was i gonna say this um video is the global language today. yeah yeah it is it really yeah. is yeah mm-hmm. because yeah. mm-hmm. i mean if you're watching something and they're not speaking any language you're just like yeah. getting that you know, yeah. like that is universal, essentially. Like Snapchat, I mean, it's not really like an audio thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think not, there's audio there, but the, yeah. it's mainly the visual mm-hmm. stuff. That's crazy. Right. Yeah, that's great. So, have you been watching anything recently that's really caught your eye? Oh my god! Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering when you were going to ask. I just saw the new Andy Goldsworthy film, Leaning Into the Wind. It's a documentary about the. British artist Andy Goldsworthy. Oh, I've heard of this. It one, is yeah. the okay. The cinematography is stunning, but this artist does outdoor work. He'll like take a fallen tree and he'll wet yellow leaves and cover the whole tree in bright yellow leaves and then photograph oh, it yes. next to a stream. Whoa. And then when in the winter he'll leave the same tree there and he'll pack snow on all the branches and photograph it a stark white. Um, his work is amazing. He'll do big stone walls and carve out the middle so that a person can walk between the mm-hmm. wall, inside of the wall, below the surface of the ground. Um, so he, it, it was, yeah, it was just so well done and so beautiful. But I would say over the course of the last year, what's really blown me away are films by black filmmakers mm-hmm. and black producers in the industry really changing the way we're watching movies. So I just saw Black Panther. I was blown away by Get Out. 13th, I think, is one of the best documentaries, Ava DuVernay's uh, recent documentary that I've seen. Moonlight was yeah, stunning. Moonlight. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm I'm actually thinking about teaching a new course in contemporary black yeah. cinema yeah. after I'm done working on my book next year. Um, so yeah, that's some of some of the new things I've been thinking about and that's great. And watching. Did you yeah. watch uh, Mudbound? On Netflix? I haven't seen oh, Mudbound. Oh, pretty good yet. too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But Twelfth and Claremont was another film about Detroit, and then Catherine Bigelow did that film yeah, on Detroit. Yeah, that was good too. That was um, so the, film. the, the mm. topic of of um, black culture and racism in the U.S. is certainly on filmmakers. Yeah, 
And there was like straight out of Compton and the Tupac one too, which like is interesting. um, What was the one in LA? A Fruitvale station. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was by the same guy who did Black Panther, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. But I think what's changed in the last couple of years is that we're we're seeing like entirely black casts and black teams Mm -hmm. from producing to directing to the performers and. you know, technical people. So that's been like Tyler Perry's uh, Acrimony that just came out with uh, Taraji P. Henson. Yeah. Like the entire cast and crew, I believe, were like yeah. all African American, which yeah. is like, and it made it. I mean, it played here, you know, at Barkley, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> which is yeah. pretty cool. You know, it was like shot in 13 yeah. days, yeah. Wow. you know, but it made it to, yeah. you know, Regal Barkley cinema, you know, like, <laughs> this has been so long in coming. Yeah. So it's it's just been amazing to see the forceful expression. Mm-hmm by these artists yeah Yeah, we're seeing a true renaissance i think with like you know having a lot of women working behind the camera and then like you said a lot of black filmmakers working behind the camera and it's just like you know the the industry is very very slowly shifting and changing which is refreshing yeah totally did Uh, you guys see ladybird by the way i saw ladybird i did i saw ladybird yeah that one was interesting. I loved it. Yeah. I, I think uh, Keith Keith thought it was okay. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not my type of movie. Yeah. Well, I got gr- yeah, to agree. With it's you totally there. my type. But you know what? Yeah. My college students loved it. Yeah. Like um, mm. high school or, and college age students, mm-hmm. especially women, were just blown away by it. I so, bet. Yeah. Because they can really connect exactly. with, the, with the content. Yep. Yep. yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And it's not even that I couldn't necessarily connect with the content. I just. Coming of age drama movies just not <laughs> yeah. my thing. So I think there was a female cinematographer too that was up for an Oscar. I don't remember which film. She for was Mudbound, working. yeah. Which one? For Mudbound. Oh, she, yeah, Mudbound. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Mudbound's on my Mudbound and Florida Project. I haven't seen yet. Yeah, so. yeah I want to see the Florida or Florida yeah. Project. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah it's pr- Florida Project's pretty good. Yeah. That's yeah. Um, yeah. with Willem Dafoe, Sean right? Baker's. Yeah, okay. and that that, yeah, that little show, yeah. the yeah. little girl it, it seems like in the she's great. She looks yeah. like in the interviews I saw of her. She just she has so much personality. You know, you're just like, I've oh. heard her yeah. performances amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't wait. It's really it's like one of those kid performances that really carries the movie. Yeah, you know, not that yep. that she this movie needs carrying. Yeah, uh, yep. it's just a lot of times you have kid performers who are just like eh you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean you just take it or leave it but she's like she is the movie yeah. and she does a great job kind of like the, um, I forget the actress's uh, name who did Beasts of the Southern Wild oh yeah um, and she's been in a few things like she had a small part in like 12 Years yeah. a Slave and yeah. but she hasn't like been able to like they haven't given her a chance to carry another movie yeah. so hopefully that isn't the same yeah. you know with this <laughs> right, <laughs> with this girl right so I'm looking at the cinematographer, Rachel Morrison. Yeah. That's the one you're talking about. So she did Fruitville Station, Mudbound, and Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. She's amazing. That is crazy. I, I, she is amazing. I would have probably, like, wanted her to get the Oscar this year, but Roger Deakins des- I know. deserved it. Roger like, Deakins, <laughs> is, for how many years? 14 all- nominations. <laughs> oh, and he is... He deserved yeah. that. Blade Runner oh, was, was so one of the most beautiful movies. Get, he, I was so happy <laughs> yeah. to see him get that. I love seeing him up there because there was like, he, he's just, he has that, um, God, what's that thing? Yeah, like, the imposter syndrome. Yeah. You know, like he has that really heavy. <laughs> yeah. And you can tell oh, he just so in his speech, he's like, yeah. he's like, man, I fucking hate being up here. <laughs> yeah. uh, but thanks for the award, I guess. Yeah. Like he, when he thinks his wife, it was, 
he like almost like it was the, it's the most awkward thing to watch and then it cuts to his wife and and she's just kind of like i don't know it's like so awkward i'm like oh man <laughs> <laughs> like people so funny. people who don't like know or don't follow like cinematographers or him like yeah. that th- just are like watching the oscars they might like be like oh wow he's a dick yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's really not you know yeah. he's, he's like super nice and yeah. is, he just doesn't know yeah. what to say he's like overwhelmed yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Plus, he's part of the uh, white hair club, you know, which is, like... That's true. If you're a cinematographer... Yeah, like... You have to have bleach white hair to be a good one. Yeah. So there's, like, four of them that are, like... Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting white hair already. Hopefully, it comes in soon. Yeah, they're getting there soon. Real, yeah. quick, real my, fast. Yeah. My mom, like, had, like, white hair when she was in her 30s. But she, you know, she dyes it, and then my grandpa full head of white hair when she, he was like in his 20s oh. so I'm hoping I'm hoping you're, you're gonna come by it honestly <laughs> <Yeah>. Byron <laughs> um, so do you feel like you can answer the dream movie question or is that too no too... I can't answer okay. that <laughs> how about if we end it on do you have a favorite film or a favorite genre oh my goodness uh, we're top three films top three films okay um, boy, that's a toughie. Um, let me think about that. Yeah, cool. How about cool. you guys? Oh gosh. Oh, that's tough. Um, um, it is tough. I kind of have like a, a rotating top ten list, but <laughs> in general, like Apocalypse Now is usually up there. Oh yeah. And two thousand one are yeah. very, very close to me. So for me, it'd be like Only God Forgives, Neon Demon. And Antichrist. Wow. Yeah, those, those three, baby. <laughs> yeah, do I don't want to say mine. I'm embarrassed. Okay, I'll do it. Uh, ghost, yeah, obviously. Obviously Ghost. <laughs> obviously Ghost. Um, and then I'm going to go with Enter the Void oh, yeah. and Gasper Toy Nord. Story. Oh, Just yeah. three oh, Boy completely Story, different Boy movies. Story? Uh, which one? Toy Story. Toy Story, got it. The, Pix- the first Pixar yep. film. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. God, there's so many good movies, yeah. though, like. Yeah, so my my top ten as of right now is Apocalypse Now, 2001, Yo Jimbo, Mulholland Drive. Oh, Mulholland Drive. Okay, I'll put that in the top three. (laughs) I'll put that in the top three. Drive, um, Pulp Fiction, The Shining, The Revenant, uh, Tree of Life, and Suspiria. Oh, Tree of Life. Yeah, Yeah. Tree of Life was... I have Suspiria at home as a DVD, but I haven't seen it yet. Oh, Oh, that's an incredible movie. It's beautiful. Incredible movie. The soundtrack is... Yeah is because that's one thing i've been focusing on a lot recently especially when we started the podcast i I kind of was thinking more along the lines of like what do i want to talk about what is really interesting and sound design Mm -hmm. and music have been the real things that i've like really you know cinematography i really like cinematography and and concept of directing i'll tell you another top three for me now i'm thinking thinking about our buster keaton's films oh Oh, yeah they are hilarious Hilarious. so technically interesting oh man he yeah he's he's amazing he is one of my favorite um out of the the silent era for sure definitely um there's he's just he's crazy we watched um around the world in 80 days and he has like that Small cameo as the oh, yeah. actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cameo yeah. full film, yeah. yeah, right there. Yeah, I'm also a big David Cronenberg fan. Oh, Richard yeah. Linklater, mm-hmm. um, mm. David Lynch is right up there among the best. I think um, Dil- D- Denis Villeneuve. Uh, uh, yeah, I really love Arrival and Enemy. Enemy and was yeah, one and, of the best films. I think that came out the same year as Under the Skin. 
think those two yeah. films were like yeah. maybe mm-hmm. the top it, it did, of actually. my list. Huh. Yeah, it did. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I'm a little behind on his stuff. I've seen, I've seen um, Sicario. Oh yeah, and yeah. that's. Yeah. Basically, it yeah. from his. <laughs> you watched uh, you watched the new Blade Runner though. Oh well, yeah, okay. So you Blade did that Runner, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's true too. But. I like uh, Jane Campion's work as well. Um, oh yeah, the piano. Yeah, Doris Wishman's work, uh, Trash Cinema, ex- uh, uh, Exploiteer, Exploitation. Mm-hmm. Keith knows from being in the class. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. We did an episode on black exploitation. Yeah. With coffee and yes. um, Shaft, oh, which cool. was a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah. Those Very are great cool. movies. Very cool. Um, so, Don, I, I remember in your trash cinema class, we watched this movie about a, I think it was an undercover police officer who had, like, very, very large boobs. <laughs> what? Is, in my is class? Is that what it was? In your class, yeah. <laughs> that's, it was a that trash, is Dor- it was trash cinema. That's Doris Wishman, double agent 73. Got and it. Che- okay. Chesty, Chesty it Morgan indeed has Chesty a Morgan. 73 inch bust. It's the largest <laughs> b- bust that's ever been filmed. Um, uh, apparently, no one's wow. broken that record yet. But the but the you can, you can see the the quality of the films we're talking. It, the uh, the plot hinges on the fact that she's a spy and has to have a breast implanted. I mean, a camera Im- implanted in her left breast. So therefore, she has to disrobe every time she needs to take a photograph <laughs> of her kills. So funny. Um, from there, it's oh, all downhill, gosh. pretty much. <laughs> wow! I just love it because Doris Wishman made it, and she just seems like so out of left field with everything she, she does. is. So this industry was completely dominated by men. She was the only female mm-hmm. um, director and cinematographer working in this in this genre. And what's so interesting about her is that a lot of feminists scholars since have written about how experimental her work is, how in some ways um, there's a lot of excess in her work where the camera just cuts away and looks at something completely irrelevant. There's really lush mm-hmm. visual poetry. Mm-hmm. She focuses on fabrics, textures, wallpaper, towels, garish clothing. <laughs> wow. um, and so extreme close-ups, really interesting visual work. And that she, you know, she wasn't constrained by any expectations for how a film story should be told. And her films were so low budget <laughs> and with such poor actors that she didn't have anything to lose, basically, yeah, exactly. by having fun. With her, with That's her movies, awesome. so awesome, <laughs> yeah. and you can feel it when you watch, you know, Double Agent seventy three. It's just like it is fun. I mean, yeah. that's really yeah. what it was. Yeah. And you look mm-hmm. at her; these pictures of this, you know, fairly old woman with sunglasses, and she just <laughs> and she a leopard. Like, Don't forget her leopard, coat. <laughs> her leopard coat, and she just looks like a rock star. Like it's pretty awesome. She's about um, four foot eleven t- t- uh, tall cool. too. <laughs> so. uh, I just I, I can see her commanding a set. Yeah, for sure, totally. Yeah. Uh, all right, so our main topic this week is gender and sexuality in film. Our first film is Her, released in 2013. Um, in a near future, a lonely writer develops an unlikely relationship with an operating system designed to meet his every need. Her was written and directed by Spike Jones. Is it Jones or Jones? Is there Jones. A def- Jones? Okay. Uh, it stars Joaquin Phoenix, Amy Adams, Scarlett Johansson, Chris Pratt, and Rooney Mara, among others. Uh, our second film is Under the Skin, released in 2013 as well. A uh, mysterious young woman seduces lonely men in the evening hours in Scotland. However, events lead her to begin a process of self-discovery. Uh, <laughs> Under the Skin was written by Walter Campbell and Jonathan Glazer, and it was directed by Jonathan Glazer. It stars Scarlett Johansson. And 
kind of random people because of the way it was filmed, <laughs> essentially. Um, yes. You know, just there kind of off the cuff. There are non-actors in that movie. A lot of non-actors, yeah. Um, and then the one actor, the, the motorcycle drive rider, he's a professional. Yes. Like, actually, uh, one of the most world-renowned professionals. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so we can jump right into whatever whatever we want to talk about here <laughs> Thank you so much um i guess one thing i'm kind of curious about because i came across this in doing my research have you heard of um glad g-l-a-a-d yeah and the veto russo test no i don't know what the veto russo okay test is. so glad is uh stands for gay and lesbian alliance against right. uh, defamation right. and the co-founder one of the co-founders was veto russo and he developed this test, which is named after him, um, essentially to analyze LGBTQIA+. I'm not exactly sure what the full acronym is. Um, uh, to analyze these characters' inclusion in films. So it's, uh, it's essentially a way to... It's like the Bechtel test. Yep. So the Bechtel test is for uh, women in film. This is for um, you know, gender and sexuality in film. And it basically goes like this. So to pass the, t- the test, you have to have the, uh, the following must be true in your film. Um, the film contains a character that is uh, identifiably lesbian, gay, bi, and or trans. The character must not solely or predominantly be defined by their sexual orientation or gender identity. Mm-hmm. And the character must be tied into the plot in such a way that their removal would have a significant effect. Mm-hmm. Like they can't be a, a character that comes in to say something about yeah. gayness and then leave essentially, right? right. Um, uh, so it's an interesting little, you know, yeah. like type of test for this. And apparently, now the article I was reading was is a little outdated. It's from like 2013, I think, is when they're polling. But less than half of the major studios actually had anything produced that passed this test. Yeah, um, no surprise. It's yeah. not a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even the Bechtel test is like yeah. most films fail yeah. the Bechtel test. You know, yes. like ninety nine percent of them. So, well, we still only have nine percent of women directing films in this yeah. day and age. Right. That's yeah. stunning mm-hmm. to me. You yeah. know, right. and and writers are like all dudes. Yeah. So it's like the source yeah. is yep. just white dudes. Yeah, yeah. 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 basically. Yeah. However, that's it's interesting because I would argue that the films we're talking about today, though they were directed by white males are in fact uh, dealing in really innovative ways with gender and sexuality mm-hmm. and that in some mm-hmm. ways um, by focusing attention on gender as being performative it is queering gender roles or in the case of her with um, Scarlett Johansson's character playing an OS um, the way in which she performs gender and performs being female and the way in which the main character, Theodore, falls in love with her um, suggests there's a kind of script being enacted. But is she is she female or is she not female? That's a good question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you assume she is because it's a voice that you would identify as a female voice, but it's a piece of technology. There's nothing. I mean, it essentially boils down to an earbud in his ear. Right? Mm-hmm. There's nothing that is like, this is any sort of biological gender or, yeah. you know, this this and thing don't, doesn't... don't forget the, the camera on the phone. Oh, and then as, right, the as camera. As far as her POV right, right, is the yeah. camera. Right. Her, is her POV. Right. And, and you know, they, mm-hmm. the way that she, for lack of a, a 
more definitive term, like the way she writes, you could say, is sort of a more feminine, you know, because you can kind of see her writing him notes and stuff, and you can kind of say, like, okay, that's a little more of a feminine uh, handwriting, but again, it's just lines on the screen. She's programmed to understand the script of femininity, Mm -hmm. and she performs it to a T. I mean, she excels at that. In many ways, I argue that her is about, it's essentially a meditation on relationships. It doesn't matter whether they're virtual relationships or real relationships. Mm -hmm. It's about how you navigate relationally with with others. Mm -hmm. So even though this is about potentially on the surface a heterosexual relationship, even though it's a computer program and not a biological woman, (laughs) um, uh, what was I, I forget what I was going to say with that, where I was going with that. Um, it queers, I think it queers heterosexuality. I think so, because too. Because she's, because it's a machine. Yeah. And he's engaged with his desire for a machine, just like we all are, mm-hmm. right? Whether we're whether yeah. we're doing online dating or whether we're on our dif- different social networks mm-hmm. or engaged in video gaming, we all have this love relationship yeah. with our technological yeah. tools. And they, they have those that scene earlier where he's like... Uh, flipping through the like uh, audio Snapchat thing, you know, where he's like, and his perspective of women is just the the audio of them, Mm -hmm. you know? So it makes sense that his transition into that is the same. And I think Spike Jones created a really interesting constraint within the film of showing a love relationship and a heterosexual romance with only one individual. So in film, the iconography of the love relationship is based on two bodies. It's based on the couple. And everything you show from sex scenes to double dating to relational stuff involves seeing two people. So there's no body, even though Scarlett Johansson has a body that never stops, right? And we Mm -hmm. love to look at that gorgeous star. And we know her (laughs) voice. Uh, Despite that, we never see uh, Samantha. And so, in many ways, he compensates by fetishizing sound. And so, she will do things like write piano music instead of having a photo. She, mm-hmm, she yeah. suggests her, mm-hmm. her musical composition stand in for the representation of an image, which is impossible for her to have, right? right. And at times, at times, because they're talking so much, and all relationships are based in talking... Um, at times, you know, we can relate to it, and it seems she's just like a woman, like any other woman would mm-hmm. be. But there were times mm-hmm. in the movie where I was defamiliar. I was thrown out of the movie and defamiliarized by the fact that he is essentially alone. And one of them was when he goes to the cabin and he's walking around in the snow. He's got wine glasses mm-hmm. out yeah. in the cabin. He's <laughs> he's got his um, ukulele, but he is so clearly. Yeah isolated in oh, the yeah. middle of nowhere <laughs> yeah, uh, by himself <laughs> yeah. Yeah. or the picnic scene where where he's got his phone sitting in the place representationally yeah. where um, Samantha would be sitting if she had a body. Yeah. Right. I definitely think I definitely think that's the case and you know even even the fact that there is like a sex scene where they describe yeah. an actual like heterosexual like you know, uh, sex, heterosexual sex essentially. Like even then, you're still you're still this idea of querying the 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 relationship is there because it's like yeah not it's not happening yep. right. It's just yep. them talking right. about it. So like yep. you can't even you can't. 
And then, you know, one of, one of the only relationships you really see... Well, you see two. You see one fall apart, his friend, right? Yeah, and then Amy. you see... Yeah, Amy. And then you see Chris Pratt's character's relationship, which seems to be super happy, I guess. Yeah. And they're just, like, you know, super cool with the his relationship with the OS and yes. everything. So yes. you don't get a good sense of yeah. relationships in the movie. Really, yes. right? Yeah. Like the, the physical ones you do see are very like uh, they're only like skin yeah. deep. Even his his uh, yeah. flashbacks are like they're not they're there mostly just to serve as like his uh, growth through the plot, but they're still kind of like right. fairly superficial. But I, I would mm-hmm. argue that his relationship with Samantha moves him to a point of self awareness, and mm-hmm. that maybe this film is more about people becoming self-aware enough to the point where they could be a successful partner. So at the end, mm-hmm. he's able to write, uh, finally, his own letter. Instead of writing letters for other people, he's able to write a letter to Catherine, his ex-wife, mm-hmm. and to basically own his part of the dysfunction in the relationship and to tell her that he would always love her mm-hmm. in some way. But he was not asking for her back. He was, he was ready to go on with his life. Yep. And the relationship with Samantha... Um, brought him to a place, a more mature place of understanding about who he was, I think. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Think like, well, absolutely. Yeah, right. to me, that was like the film was like the emotional maturement, or he, he yeah. matures emotionally because it's like a long distance relationship, you know, where like that fetish is when, when you're not with someone physically, yes. then everything becomes fetishized. Like yes. if she sends you, um, yes, like a text message, that text message could actually emotionally mean the same to yes. you as if. Like you guys had, you know, just had sex, or, or, like she had kissed, kissed you, or totally. ran her yeah. fingers through your hair, or something like that. So, totally. like to me, like that's like the film kind of kept bringing you closer to that, where it's yeah. like he yeah. he doesn't need anything of what we're used to, yes. um, right? Because emotionally, he's satisfied, mm-hmm. and like. I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't, there's more to that. that yeah. But yeah. jumping off of that, I mean, it's like this collective thing that's happening to everybody at the same time, you know, because it happens to Amy Adams' character. Right. It happens to yep. um, a bunch of other people. And it's like the, the OSs are together, like, fixing humanity almost <laughs> in, in a way. Like, they're like, hey, you guys are broken because of technology. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, here – and they, they kind of – it seems like they kind of fix everybody. Yeah. You know, in the film. Yeah. This which is pretty much weird. Do you yeah. I can't remember. Do you get a uh do you find out what the other OSs are like? Cuz I, I know there's one scene where um he falls asleep in like Amy's apartment, right? Yes. And she's talking to With her hers. OS, but do you hear the OS like Is her OS another woman? That's what I was wondering. I think it it's is. It's another woman. It's another yeah. woman. Yeah. Cuz does she does she say the name or something? Like uh, how do we know that? She tells him we, early on, um doesn't she? Uh, somehow yeah, the she gender is that, revealed. I'm pretty sure she's a a female voice. Yeah. Uh, but then we also get that scene where we talk to the other OS, who's like the historical Alan Watt. Oh, <laughs> right, Alan Watt. yeah. And I, those are the only two voices we hear in the film yeah, right. For the OS. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just like in the ears of the people walking by, or um, we, we basically see the human response to all the OSs, yeah. except for our main character. Did you know Alan Watts is a real person? 
I think, yeah, he's a, is it British philosopher? Yeah, it says British philosopher. One of the first to do this kind of east-west, transcendental, uh, consciousness is everywhere, kind of early thinkers in that direction. So it's (laughs) tongue-in-cheek of making (laughs) them the OS that they're resurrecting or the... the (laughs) That's awesome. It's not, it's not his voice. Because he no. died in seventy three. Yeah, but, he's been gone uh, a while. Yes, it's a real. It's person. a reference for all the smart people in the audience. <laughs> so right here it says, Amy reveals that she is divorcing her overbearing husband Charles after a trivial fight. She admits to Theodore that she has become close friends with a female OS that Charles left behind. Oh, that Charles left behind. Uh, Interesting. Oh. Okay. So that's where that comes from. That must have been a very small line or something. Yeah. In there yeah. Miss, miss. So it's that's kind of, where that's why it's female. Yeah. I'm guessing the idea is that they're matching, you know, essentially what uh, these heterosexual relationships with, you know, right? Yeah. Like if you're a woman, you get a man. If you're a man, right. you get a woman. Well, Theodore um, gets to choose the voice in the beginning, and he chooses female. Oh, I guess that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you yeah. could, if you would, if you wanted to have a yeah. male OS. Yeah. One thing that occurred to me, though, is before Samantha decides that she's going to, you know, leave the earthly realm and reach this more transcendent realm with the other OSs, um, she has some anxiety about not having a body. And I thought that Mm -hmm. scene with Isabella was so interesting, where she's convinced that if there's... um, a female surrogate and she can speak through the surrogate that Theodore will be satisfied that she's mm-hmm. real. Yeah. And that, that scene again, filmically Spike Jones was just on the mark there uh, by having um, the, the sounds not synced to Isabella's mouth. Yeah. mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is yeah. so uncanny. I mean, we hear Samantha's voice, but Isabella's not talking yeah. And we're like, this is weird. Um, this is not. This is deeply not right. And Theodore can kind of go along with it when he has his eyes shut. But as soon as he turns and looks at her face, he's yep. just like, it's all over. Yeah. He can't. He can't right. do it. He can't kiss her. And he it, can't have sex with her. He can't. And, and that's because it. She's a body. Yeah. You know? Like he doesn't I, know I her. Think he just. Yeah. yeah. He, he just doesn't. Yeah. Maybe he like doesn't want a body at all. Yeah. yeah. You know. Like he's like so Or he alone wants one he wants... where the voice the voice yeah. matches it. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, they, they they kind of do that a little bit too with um, in Blade Runner twenty forty nine, right? With um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Forget her name, uh, Joy. Joy, that's yeah. right. Yes. Um, oh yeah. They, there's that surrogate <gasps> yeah. thing there, and that's yeah. a little bit different. But I when I saw that scene in twenty forty nine, I yeah. was like, oh my gosh, they're they're yeah. they're doing what. Jones did with yeah. her. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And I think it kind of, kind of swings back around to what Byron said, where it's like his, his, what he's in need of is the emotional, like, attachment. That's all he cares about. Like, he doesn't even, does he, he doesn't even touch himself mm-hmm. to their, like, sex mm-hmm. that they have. Yeah. Although, don't, don't we get a black screen when they actually have sex? They we, it does go to black, and it's funny because I was like, "Is it supposed to be black?" <laughs> it is. Yeah. It does slowly fade to black, black mirror, and then and then you do just hear it, which is kind of like, you know, it, that part's interesting because it's like you're trans, like you are it transcending the physical totally nature is. of it and just going straight to the sounds, which is like 
you know. And I mean, it reminds us that film, sound is always mm-hmm. a powerful way that film yeah. creates reality. Yeah. Yeah. We, it's almost easier when we don't see the image yeah. to picture them having sex. Because yeah. it sounds yeah. right. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it would have been right. weirder had we just sat on his face. Because, like, how do you film a scene like that, really? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think yeah. going to yeah. black is the best way well, to do that. Well, how much does a camera already film him in exactly. three-quarter shots right. and fa- you know, yep. close-ups of his face? We spend so much time gazing at Joaquin Phoenix's yep. face yeah, in yep. that movie, yep. and it's amazing that um, there, you know, that Jones was able to create that much visual interest in a film where there's only one partner in yep. the yeah. relationship. Yeah. yeah, and then essentially you have to just hear the talking yeah. happening the whole time. Yeah, right. Um, Did you guys I, think about the role of the of the letter writing he does and the way in which he's this surrogate voice? all these lovers that he's intruding mm-hmm. on their relationships yeah. in a very post-human way <laughs> virtual way right. and that when that book gets published it's called something like L- love letters to yourself or something and he he says at one point they're they're just other people's letters they're you know they're it's not even his own you know they're not yeah. right um it, that seemed to me to just so show how virtual everything is yeah. and how in, in our in our own world you know i talk with my students about online relationships and to what degree do they develop as full-fledged relationships and sometimes people have never seen each other yeah 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 definitely. or right yeah. only see each other very rarely yeah yeah i was when i first saw that i was like what the hell is this essentially because i was like <laughs> well what is well first of all why would why is this in the movie because it, i mean it starts with that that is yes. the opening shot is him yeah. writing a letter. Yes. Uh, and then you're like, how how does this kind of... Because it doesn't play into anything. Do you, do you remember, too, before we see him, he's yeah. reading a letter that sounds like it's a mm-hmm. female narrator. And then he yep. says his age, and it's way older. I, I, forget how it, I forget how it unfolds right now, but through tricks of the letter he's reading, we misidentify him initially. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so... I, I love that, because as soon as it cuts to him, it's like, oh, yeah. uh, this is actually just a white dude with a really <laughs> creepy mustache. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's... It's just kind of fascinating, because it makes you think about that whole online thing where, like, you're anonymous online, and you could be anyone. Mm-hmm. So it me- immediately, like, puts you in that mode of, like... Yeah. People not being who they actually yep. are, you know. Totally. And in this case, it kind of transcends that into this is not an actual person, Scarlett Johansson, and, but she still exists online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I think I, it took to the end of the movie to really realize like why that is a part of the movie because it's. I mean, it's not that it's. Well, I guess it is essential because eventually, by the end, he he writes his own letter, right? Um, mm-hmm. But it, it took a while to realize that like this is this kind of interesting. You know, like you said, it's a, it's, I'm going to say this, even though at the beginning I said I don't like this, but it's essentially a metaphor for like a lot of what we do. I mean, not a, maybe that's a bad way to say it. It's, it's just a, like a reimagining of what we already do. You know, we use a lot of totally. other things. We can use gifts that other people have created to, yeah. you, you know, or like, like you said, through video games, someone else created that, but we're using that to express yeah. 
something, you know, so yeah. so there's yeah. this middleman right. in between yeah. the two things. And so by the same token of what you're saying, it suggests that gender, too, is not essential, but it's something mm-hmm. that's performed. It's more learned than it is given. Right. And that's what's queer about this exactly. film. Exactly. And what it, mm. how it, dis, through using technology and machinic um, agency, it dislocates essential gendered mm-hmm. identities of masculine and feminine heterosexuality. Absolutely. That's a great point because he goes from right writing the letter from uh is it he goes from writing the letter to the woman and then immediately jumps to okay now i'm gonna write the flip side letter from the woman to the man yeah and his friend even says man you're part part woman part man yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. that strange comment at one point Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. because he's not his character which is something too that was cool is that he's not like a man in like a man's man you know yeah. like he's not like a john wayne character yeah. you know like which was cool because no, not uh, until this new movie apparently right yeah <laughs> that's true yeah he, he's telling me he looks <laughs> he seems very like you know traditionally masculine and, and you were never really here compared to this role which yeah like you know he just the way he has like his cardigans and the way he dresses and, and what's um, with those right. high-waisted pants? I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> sort of like this weird, like seventies or like fifties, right. kind yeah. of postmodern fifties, essentially. But right. I, I really did enjoy the colors and stuff, though, that he yeah. created with this. Like, colors are great. The pinks, the pinks, oh, are awesome. yeah. yeah. The um, the pastels, the yep, kind yeah. of blown out pastels. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Exactly what it was. Uh, yeah. Hoyt Van Hoytema. Which yeah. you know, it's so funny that he, that, you know, it's like this year, he, you know, he did Dunkirk, which had a lot of like blues and stuff, and then yeah. you know, her is like pinks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's absolutely killing it. Dunkirk, Spectre, oh. Interstellar, Interstellar, her, oh. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, which used like a two thousand millimeter lens, yeah. um, for oh. one of his shots, and the fighter, like Whoa. he's doing his work is work. stunning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like to, but I, oh, go ahead. I like how the pinks like connect back into. Like the the, uh, they contrast with the theme of loneliness in this movie, you know, because mm-hmm. pinks are and reds are like that, you know, the color of love. And even if you just look at the uh, the uh, movie cover, it's just like red background. He's in a red shirt, mm-hmm. uh, and then he's got those Joaquin Phoenix like green beautiful <laughs> yeah. eyes. Yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah. it's just and he's just like sad on yeah. on the cover. And it's like here here's a guy who's surrounded by love, and his job is literally to love. Yeah. And he is so lonely yes. in 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 this role, and I, I I just I really like how the colors uh, complement that mm-hmm. in in a contrasting kind of way. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I, I one of my the coolest things for me for in this film was the fact that like that they went with Scarlett or uh, Scarlett uh, Johansson is so cool. Like because everybody knows her for how she looks you know <laughs> like yeah she's definitely like a sexual yes. like, yeah actress. yeah like i mean in yeah. that i mean the the movie that really got her famous was lost in translation and the yeah. shot i mean the shot the first thing we ever yeah. see of her is her you know yeah. her rear end you know in yeah. that in that movie and every like almost every film after that she's been like fetishized in a way yes. in her like objectively you know through her body but in this movie he's like nope we're gonna go just voice and she does have a very unique voice she does so Mm -hmm. like i just thought that was so cool that they it's like Mm -hmm. he just it was like it's like it's like 
weird ironic reverse casting <laughs> like i don't know how to, yeah. how to describe I, it honestly i want to read it as tongue-in-cheek that yeah, we are like, supposed to see that voluptuous scarlett yeah. johansson yes. despite the fact that she's not literally there <laughs> <laughs> that's totally that's totally it and i the just like the breathiness in her voice yeah. which walking phoenix calls out like uh I think that really like sells the human behind the the OS, right. yes. you know. And it, you know, I mean, it gets called out in the movie, so I feel like it was like in the script and stuff. Yeah. But it, it it's just kind of a, a, a gr- like she's one of the breathier. Um, I think breathiness is just like kind of sexy, mm-hmm. you know, like breathy sounding people are, are are or women i don't i don't think breathy men are <laughs> like breathy, breathy of women course are kind you of, don't jacob yeah, well i mean i can think dudes are sexy you know but but um because i don't care about any of that stuff like i think plenty of dudes are hot and sexy but but i don't think of, like i i wouldn't think a breathy man as being sexy but a breathy woman there's like a delicacy there there's like a um when I say delicacy, I mean delicate. <laughs> no, not delicate. You know what I mean. Um, but there's just I don't know. There's something there that is that that really helps yeah. sell it. And it's like it's. I think it's also the her physical appearance, but also just the way that she makes her voice sound oh, totally. in it that that brings yeah. that sexuality. Well, it's it. funny too because like with Under the Skin, it's almost a similar thing where you know Jonathan Glazer, you know he he was got on the scene for for music videos, so he's very like image based and a lot of music videos objectify women and he worked with artists that did that and um uh but then he comes into this with under the skin and he takes this actress that is recognized you know internationally and then decides to like i mean she she's she's seducing men so she has to Mm -hmm. like kind of look the part but the camera isn't like it's it's not like the Are male Are you talking about under the skin now? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, got, with under got, the skin. Got, so got, like it, it's almost like it, both of these films like almost do this, a similar thing with her. Mm-hmm. They 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 use her like we've never seen her before mm-hmm. in a sense. I don't, I don't know and I, I find that I I just find that interesting especially yeah. that they came out the same year. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean they yeah kept her profile low and nobody knew she was filming there. Yeah, which is so... And they would bring her into clubs where just regular clubs and let her interact with the patrons yeah. with, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and then the, the van was all tricked out yep. with hidden, small hidden cameras. Yep. Um, so there's a an interesting element of authenticity yeah. to those seductions, you know, and, as they're taking place. Because the, the, she was called out a few times mm-hmm. and she would just play poker face and just be like, no. No, not even close. And she would yeah. just like, I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not Scarlett. You know, Johansson. Yeah, she, you know? she stays in <laughs> like, character. Like, yeah. Her ability like, to stay in character through the 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 weird, like, because it's off the cuff. Everything's off the cuff. Everything is, like, not everything. There are scripted events in it. Um, yeah. But, I mean, the, her ability to stay in character during these. Because, like, the, the scene that struck me that... Uh, about this exact thing is uh, where she trips on the sidewalk, which right. is like, yeah. and then the, it cuts to that one shot where you could tell the camera is hidden, like you because yeah. it's kind of like by someone and they're just yeah. kind of filming, yes. and they just like let her trip and fall and just like sit there, and then people helped her up, and then yes. they just like yeah. walked away. But okay. she was in character yes. like this whole time, yes. and not you know, and you get this weird like this weird blending. 
there's there's no line where it's real and not real. It's like this is all yeah. just this weird like back and forth, yeah, you know. Totally. Um, and it yeah. in a really roundabout way, it reminds me of um, Cannibal Holocaust because the thing that struck me the most watching that movie was like it's hard to tell where the it's hard to tell that the fake stuff is not is fake because of the real animal stuff. Yeah. And that's what creates right. exactly. this blurs this line. Uh, so like, you know, exactly. in under the skin you have the scene where like there's like six guys that come to the van or whatever. You know, that to me that's that scene read as scripted to me. Um, and then the scene with the uh the guy who's got the neuro mm-hmm. uh neurofibromatosis uh, yes. or something like that yes. that's scripted as well because they had yes. to find someone to act that yes. but it feels like when you compare that to the other guy she picks up or when she just rolls down the window and she's like hey you know I'm lost like what you know that yes. that stuff is unscripted and this yeah. stuff is scripted but you're kind of like since it's filmed from the same angles yes. with the same you know mm-hmm. from that van they have like five cameras or whatever in that van it's like you're just like okay what what, what is yeah. happening? What is real? What yeah. what in this movie yeah. is anything, you know? Right, um, right. It's funny. I saw the North American premiere of Under the Skin at the Telluride Film Festival, and it had only been screened one other time. Um, was it for Venice or something? Which was like three days before or whatever. So the film had like – there was buzz about it in the sense of like it's Jonathan Glazer. He'd only done Sexy Beast and Birth. Those are the only two other films yeah. that he's done. Um and you know they were just kind of like what is this thing and uh so do you guys know kyle wava right Mm -hmm. yes yeah so he was working at telluride that year he normally does but um Mm -hmm. and they they normally screen the films to make sure that all the equipment is working properly and that was one of the films that they played to make sure that the sound and everything was good before anybody showed up at Telluride. Right. So he had seen the film before everybody else. Oh. And he's like, Byron, there's just one film at the festival that you have to see. It's under the skin. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. Like, I, I had never heard of this thing. Like, so like my brother and I went and saw it. And like, we saw it in this smaller theater. Um, it was one of the ones, for some reason, that they kind of felt maybe that a lot of people probably wouldn't go see but people like freaked out like the scene at the with the baby like i think because like i think because i think because like we they were subconsciously seeing things that were real and then when they actually saw like a baby sitting in the sand with like the waves like like coming like like, that they were like oh my gosh like Mm -hmm. we need to help it but but the camera is just like and then you just see her and she's just like yeah, one of the things I'm so interested in with this film is what I call its alien aesthetic, the alien mm-hmm. gaze. You know, the, it's a really objective camera mm. that doesn't judge anything. Right, yeah. And, like, we're climbing the walls and crawling. She has no reaction to the crying whatsoever. She mm-hmm. has no affect. Um, it's a, it's really interesting how they created yeah. that so cool. sensibility with her. I and, like that. And that's, like, that, that alien gaze, like, is... It substitutes from like the male gaze like with her yes. you know like we're more we're, we're looking at her almost through her own eyes not looking yep. at her through the camera as like objectifying her it's it's like yes. we're we're almost looking through to at her as a fellow alien in a way yeah, yeah. <laughs> even though yeah. we're looking at things that we're all familiar with but because we know that we see how she's reacting 
everything then becomes foreign because yeah. we're we're now like second guessing on almost like what we're seeing yeah. in a sense I, I don't know it's how to describe and, that but. you know she's again it's like the character she plays in her she's female identified and she's performing the role she knows the script right. but she's just off I mean mm-hmm, even yeah. if you don't know what the movie's about you start picking up that she's off yeah. a little and of course by the end it's explicit you know that she's not female right. at yeah. all it's that that queering again this time not machinic but but alien presence right, yeah. within the female mm-hmm. body but they still they still give the aliens a sort of female look because it does have yeah. what is you could call female breasts essentially right it's still yeah. female in Even that, that sense that might not be her true form you know like yeah. we don't really know yeah, yeah we only see the alien like twice yeah right yeah. there's that in the... you're right though on a thin waist mm-hmm. it looks yeah. willowy like a female and I think when you see the other because in the middle there's a shot of the alien right and I I didn't get a good look and I, I think that one is the same way I think it's also because my girlfriend commented that she's like oh the alien has boobs and like mm-hmm. I think yeah it's a very feminine look and you don't you don't know the only other alien and it does not look human though. it doesn't look human but it has it has certain features that that le- let you lean towards one thing over another yeah. and the only other alien you really see is the the motorcycle guy and you don't see him as an alien you just see him Right, and so you're you don't have any reference as to what aliens look like, right? Of what these aliens look like, uh, right. or anything else. So you you're, you're only left with her and yeah. the assumption that there's some form of female, you yeah, know, alien or something. Hmm. Yeah. And like for all we know, with these aliens, like they may 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 not even copulate. You know what I mean? Like yes. like they could be all within themselves and the, yes. the males could literally just be like the enforcer guys like yes. the motorcycle guys that are yes. just making sure that the yes. women are doing or the not women but the the, the aliens that Scarlett yeah. Johansson represent um do what they do well i get the feeling i mean they're kind of like slaves that they're harvesting this viscera right that the mm-hmm. aliens must yeah. digest or eat or use for energy or something yeah mm-hmm. did yeah. you figure out better than well, I? So what supposedly what i haven't read the book but okay. supposedly in the book that's what it is it's like that 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 black liquid or whatever yeah it's like it, it gets it gets basically shuttled to back home, back home, right. and it, yeah. uh, essentially right. humans are like a delicacy, right? Yeah. So they're harvesting humans for right. the rich aliens, yeah. um, right. right? Which is like, I want to see that movie too. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, yeah. So that's why there's that there. They don't explain it, but that's why there's that one shot of like the conveyor belt of goo. Yeah, is the human goo yes. being oh. transmitted back to yes. the ship, yes. back to home, or whatever. Yes. Yes, um, yes. Which right before that, that gorgeous scene of them floating oh. in the water, and then the guy yeah. just gets like imploded oh. or whatever. Yeah. Just, the skin, yeah. his the skin, the sagging skin. Oh, 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 it's like it's like we were watching this in this old hall and it's like it was probably made in the 1800s like like this old like you could tell like they had like balls there you know what i mean yeah. like with like the, the 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 ceiling is like has all those engravings mm-hmm. in it yeah. and like it's like 
like just completely quiet. Like the entire theater is just like, what the heck? Some of them might even have been like asleep, you know, because it's such a, like a slow kind of movie. Yeah. And when that, and it's quiet. When that, when it's that, very like, quiet. Though. When that like snare, like hits, like people, oh yeah, like and then and then they, it just like he like just becomes skin, and there's this oh. girl that just like she freaked out. <laughs> it was the coolest thing. And Nick and I just looked at each other like. Oh, we're just we're just getting into this now. Yeah. Like, like, what are we? What are you know? What's oh, how? Goodness. Where is this film going to take us? And, and that goes so back cool. to the that physical, like, emotional response. Like, it's emotional and physical. Where it's yeah. like mm-hmm. you, you know, you yes. kind of jump in your seat a little yeah. bit. But it's not like a jump scare yes. type of thing. Yes. It's it's like this like truly uncanny. Speaking of which, bizarre thing. Can we talk about the uncanny without talking about Mika Levy's score? Oh, the the score is incredible. Oh, of course not. Yeah. Incredible that score. That is amazing. She she said she was inspired by John Cage for the, for this movie. Wow. She was inspired by John Cage, um, sex club music and ecstatic dancing sounds. Wow! Yeah, so that, thought, okay, huh. that, makes, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, and what makes it like more uncanny is that she plays with um, the timing and like the, the pitch of this. So they'll take like a normal instrument and just stretch it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the viola. It's for her, it's a viola. Mm-hmm. And just stretch it mm-hmm. out, or like you know, shift it here and there so that you you know yeah. kind of what it is, but then you're hearing it and you're like, this is not right, and it just sets you off. Yeah, you know, just enough. It like sw- switches the pitch a little yeah. bit, like the pitch of it is yeah. changed. Yeah. Well, it's not even so much like I mean, it, it's that too, but the way it's with like the formal composition of how like Jonathan Glazer is like framing a shot or how the yeah. camera's not moving or moving. Yes. Where traditionally, right. we're, we recognize, oh, a traditional score is going to be doing this for this particular yes. type of shot, and she doesn't follow that at all. Yeah. Where it's yes. like, yeah, it's not at all. Yeah, I don't well, know. Haven't you been amazed by movies recently with what they're doing with sound design? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It's gone yeah. to a Rattable. new level. Right. Arrival. <laughs> you know, I feel like the sound design in Arrival made that yeah. film. I don't yeah. know if you guys can think of other films recently where the the score, the sound <coughs> design. The Neon Demon? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't comment. Even, even films like, like Mad Max. Yeah. Like, oh, just, yeah. That, like, notoriously is, like, this very loud film, but also has these very quiet parts. Yeah. You know? It's, like, either cranked yeah. up or cranked all the well, way even down. And, like, uh, gravity. I mean, there's no sound in that film because there's no sound in space so the sound that you're actually yeah. hearing is actually the music yeah which is mm-hmm. it, where it, but you're yeah. you're watching it and you're not even recognizing that there's that, no ambient yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. it's just like yeah. what i mean it like tricks you into thinking that it's the sound design yeah. of the mm-hmm. movie. when i first yeah. heard uh, under the skin soundtrack i i thought of um uh there will be blood um yes. the soundtrack by uh Oh yeah, who did uh, that sound? Johnny Greenwood. Yeah. Right? The guy yes, from yes. um the guy yes. from uh oh, that famous rock band. <laughs> yes. I've yeah. Yes. I'm working on it. Um, Hold it up here. We know we know what And then know. like he and then you know, then you see like Phantom Thread and it's like this like classical mm-hmm. thing and you're like, Wow, this guy's super talented. <laughs> like how he Radiohead. Can, yeah. Radiohead, yeah. Radiohead, um, yeah. But I yeah. yeah. Sound now is just yeah. incredible. The, the composer for Arrival, I think really changed the game because he then started they started you know using who the composer was I don't yeah remember. um johan johansson okay, and he okay. recently 
died. He passed away. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, he was only 47 or something oh, like that. Yeah. I don't think there's a reason yet no, yeah, as to why he oh. died. I think they're keeping it private, whatever yeah. it was. Oh, my gosh. He, w- he was the original composer for uh, Blade Runner 2049 because he had done a lot of Van oh. films, um, but they had some sort of... I guess he wanted it more like Vangelis' original score, right. and Johan Johansson was like, no. And right. so he was fired, and then they hired... Um, oh. uh, uh, <laughs> I'll pull it up. I got you. Give me one second. Uh, Hans, Hans Zimmer, Zimmer and the go. other guy. And, and, and that Benjamin score is, inc- is incredible, but I, I was like, man, Sicario's mm-hmm. score and Arrival's score is just so... And then the score for The, the Theory of Everything is, is so... Yeah. Like... They're just so good that I bet the score, the original score for Blade, Blade Runner 2049 was like... Well, then he also did a score else. for Mother, which was unused. Yeah, yeah it's true. Um, yeah. So Mother, that's that's one where the sound, sound yeah. is very important. And then also I was thinking, too, because there's been a couple of Nolan films, like Dunkirk and Interstellar, I think. Oh, yeah. People were complaining about sound, but he was like, no, that's intentional. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it is the yeah. stuff they're doing... Where they're uh, they're manipulating sound and getting and people are like this is not normal is yeah. like you right. know, the things that they're playing with. Um, yeah. For for Interstellar, it was the scene where there's like this key moment that you need that like <laughs> that like gives you the the key to the film basically like the key to the lock right. of the mm-hmm. film, and it's like. As he's saying it, like the score like ramps in and you don't hear it, and then you hear it at the very end. Uh, and that I think that frustrated a lot of people. Like just have it, like because conventionally, uh, conventionally is that the word? I'm yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Nor- yeah. Conventionally, you hear that and then you hear it again later. You know, uh, but they just decided to to kill it right there, which was inter- an interesting choice. Yeah, and then you get a bunch of flack for it because people are like, "But you messed it up, man." You know, yeah. basically. I think I think that's yeah. just because there's so many Nolan fans now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. there. It's become like the, this, uh, like Spielberg, where it's like now it's for everyone, and there there isn't like this select group. You know, it happens to ever, like U two, happens to U two mm-hmm. and REM and stuff, where it's mm-hmm. like it has this really cool core, and Nirvana has this really cool like core audience, and then it it's, gets sent out to the masses, and suddenly yeah. it's it's not as interesting anymore. I wonder. <laughs> that's an interesting concept like with this like under the skin like because that it didn't reach wide audience you know like it's i mean it's it's still what maybe most people would say like our house movie you know like i wonder though if if more people saw this type of movie how how then it how it could shape like a hollywood movie you know even more so because i mean Mm -hmm. obviously we've seen the film and you know we're all we're all wanting to to do film as an art form we've all done we all, I think, are interested in doing different types of films. I mean, um, but it's 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 still going to help shape us in yeah. a way. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. So, um, I, 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 it's interesting. You know, you, you know, like Barry Jenkins. You know, his his next film might yeah. might be influenced by these sort of right. things and how he can use that science, this, a sound yeah. from Under the Skin, and and and, right. and make an audience feel closer to someone whose culture is completely different from our own mm-hmm. you know like like yeah. you know like I don't, it was yeah. is is fascinating especially in in terms of alien or alienation or some foreignness i don't know how where i'm going right. off with that but now, that that like kind that happened 
that very thing that you're saying happened with the movie Jackie. Did you guys see that? The Jackie oh. Kennedy, Kennedy oh, thing? Yes, I yeah. saw that. Uh, yeah. Natalie yes. Portman. Because the uh, composer of Under the Skin went on and worked on that movie with another composer. So it has like... So it has like this weird, like under the skin kind of oh, vibe to it. Like, that. right. that's yeah. interesting. Huh, but okay. it's if you watch Jackie, that you can totally sense. like the score is they're yes. kind of similar. They're kind of uncanny, but the, uh, under the skin was like, like completely like whoa, yeah. like, this is not so. But Jackie was like uh, kind of in the middle, yeah. and it was kind of like a nice balance between something a little more conventional with yeah. the under the skin yeah. stuff. Wow. So I just want to say here, uh, as we talk about music, um, so Glazer wanted the music to express the protagonist's feelings as she experienced things like food and sex for the first time and directed Levy with prompts such as, what does it sound like to be on fire? Or imagine when you tell somebody a joke and it's not very good and the reaction's a bit stilted. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> So he didn't say... I can relate to that. <laughs> so he didn't say do this or do that. He said that it was all about the feeling. Right. Um, she based her compositions around five themes. The makeup, the cosmos, aliens, her job uh, music, and her feelings. Uh, her job music and her feelings hmm. and attribute uh, attributes a lot of the success of the soundtrack to a mixture of bad recording technique. Um, <laughs> wow. It worked. Yeah. Yeah. She also goes on to say, some parts are intended to be quite difficult. If your life force is being distilled by an alien, it's not necessarily going to sound very nice. It's supposed to be physical, alarming, and hot. Um, So strings sometimes resemble nails going down a a universe-sized chalkboard, screaming with a Leggetti-like sense of horror. Elsewhere, they endlessly drone in a gaping vortex like Vangelis' iconic Blade Runner score dipped in turpentine. There's something interesting, though, too, about... I think the music, it, 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 it's having been created by like a, a woman. It, I, I feel somehow it, it, it just, I don't know how to describe this because if you, if you just listen to it, it doesn't sound feminine or, or, but, but it right. somehow is in tune with like Johansson, you know, like, uh, in her, in her, character but she herself isn't like playing a woman but she's playing the role of a, a woman right <laughs> that makes sense. in like everyone's like, eyes yeah. she's a woman right right woman yeah but there's something about the music and the character that's like super in tune the way she's walking mm-hmm. and the the beat and i found that interesting mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like her like sexuality that she's mm-hmm. presenting isn't necessarily like her it's also Mm -hmm. through the music yeah i remember reading an interview with uh mika uh levy and she said that uh she was talking with the director and they decided they wanted to go for perversion to kind of be the governing tone of the music and she said that sounds kind of of disturbing but we were going for sexy okay and i think it is erotic yeah yeah it it, is erotic it's and it's like it's like tribal but it's like carnal and it's it's yes. like raw it's like i don't i don't know how to describe it. it's like a heartbeat but it's like tenny yeah and it's but yet it's yes. somehow mixed yes. with like the super bland almost cinematography yeah. it just turns into yeah. something that's yeah. beautiful and like right. it just seduces but you it, i don't know you know at the same time when johansson becomes female 
she um, exhibits the same vulnerab vulnerabilities that many women experience of being a victim of sexual yeah, assault. Yeah. And so the film mm -hmm. is very clear to show the risks of inhabiting this body. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and Great of course, point. from as an alien, she's she's unprepared for all these consequences. Mm -hmm. yeah. so she she's startled the first time she has sex. Right. Yeah. She's not sure yeah. at all that she understands <laughs> what's happening. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like there's this very pointed way in which the the sexuality and the eroticism is also offset by this this sheer danger and terror of her mm -hmm. running through the woods right. yeah. with that guy coming after her and it, and and also how that in itself could be like erotic i mean like the fantasy of that to some right. is a is, male male fantasy right yeah, yeah. so it's mm -hmm. like it's just like there's, there's just so much going on there. <laughs> but I think that's a great point that you, the way you state that is when she becomes a woman, now the danger of, of the sexual assault is what become, you know, because, you know, in a way you could say, oh, she's protected by the aliens or whatever when she's not the woman. And when she becomes the woman, now she's, she's alone right. or solo. And then not only that, but Which, you become a woman, and then you're burnt at the stake, essentially, because right. she's set on fire. Yeah. Yep. You know? Exactly. Like, you're a witch. And am I reading this right, that she intentionally loses the motorcycle driver and veers off course? He's He doesn't know where she is. So she uh, is truly on her own yeah, yeah, yeah. at that yeah, point. The, when they, she goes off with that guy to his place, yeah. she ditches the van. Right, yeah. she um, Because she brings him, she brings him in into the black space whatever whatever that is and she's going to take him and then for some reason decides not to mm -hmm. ditches that and then she takes a bus yeah out um because and so do you i felt i'm wondering does she quit playing the game at that point does she i, I wondered if she empathized yeah with that man and saw her own vulnerability or her own servitude in this alien culture and she opts out by trying to. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. That's how what that, the way I get the way I understand it is that she, yeah, she goes against them. Yeah, she and goes against them. At that point, the when you see the gang of motorcycle guys, which you assume is the other aliens, they're out to find her. Right. And when she dies, I think he's kind of like when he does that weird little turn yes. on the mountain, I think it's him realizing yes. like, okay, she's dead, whatever, it's fine. Like, yeah. we cleaned up and did our job. Right. Next, yeah. move on to the next I, one, you right. know. Yeah, I feel like he, she empathized with um, uh, the guy with the, you already said the term, and I always forget it. His name is Adam Pearson. <laughs> Adam Pearson. Like yeah. he, imp she empathized with him and recognized his loneliness, you know, because, mm -hmm. you know, He's alone. His difference, his yeah. otherness. Yeah, and and that she recognized mm. that, and and at that point was like wanted to like ex explore that more or something. She, she and, lets him go. Yeah, mm -hmm. and 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 he's off into the wheat fields or whatever, you know, and yeah. and and then yeah. she leaves, and from there yeah. on. It's like, yeah, she's you know, my, my students uh, have pointed out to me in a really interesting way how she begins as the predator. Right. It reverses. Yeah. It reverses yeah. the gendered relationship, and she preys on men. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't last long, right? Mm -hmm. And when she's embodied as female yeah. and without her alien cohorts, she quickly succumbs to her vulnerability yeah. um, on her own. Absolutely. But, um, I remember, like, when she 
the first time I saw it, like when she when she goes off, and then those the motorcycle guys are you know trying to search for her. I immediately and then when she goes into that forest, I'm like, I don't think the motorcycles are gonna get there. <laughs> I immediately then I immediately then like like feared for her. Yeah, you know, because it's like every, yeah, what's, everyone what's, does. What's 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 like, gonna happen you know and then the logger guy and you're just like yeah. whoa my gosh and yeah. sure enough <laughs> yeah. yeah um yeah yeah uh let's see here i don't know how to transition us so i think I, I believe i read a story real quick i read a story about Segway. the logger guy he was uh just a local person and it was really hard for him to be violent with her he, he almost couldn't do it. The director tried to coach him, and he wanted to do the role initially, and when and then um, the director got the idea for the, the ending and seeing how things were playing out and changed yeah. it. And um, it, it was an excellent performance, I felt, yeah. but um, he didn't know if he could do it, and yeah. he struggled. He struggled to play that role. Yeah. So. That's really interesting because I didn't get that vibe that he they not to say that he was it was natural for him to do it but i didn't yeah. get the sense that he had trouble oh yeah doing that yep. i mean obviously that is a, that's it almost one, didn't happen okay because wow. he wow i mean that's a tough scene to film for oh, anyone yeah. i mean that's really oh, yeah. you're in the woods yeah. and you're yep. saying essentially you know yep. brutalizer yep. Yep. as much as you can i, yep. I know that was this the non-actor or was this the regular we're talking actor? about the the non- logger the non-actor He's a non-actor. Yeah. I, I couldn't remember if you guys yeah. said that one of them was a Adam Pierce, like a master actor or yeah. something. Oh no, no. There's no. The only person that they really casted as an actor besides Johansson is Scarjo. Well, and then yeah. they, the guy with Nero, the motorcycle rider, the motorcycle rider. Yes, and then the guy with the Nero. It's neurofibromatosis. Adam yeah. Pearson. He was yeah. casted specifically for that. Yeah. Got um, it. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I I think it's fascinating mm-hmm. that the attempt to get a non-actor to to play that part because uh, like normally you would want your non-actors to do things that are pretty easy you know or well they had um, an easy goal for him to start with and it got changed in the yeah yeah on on site on filming uh so right stepped up for it but it was not easy yeah, that's crazy. Because, yeah. like, I, I think people who don't go through, like, the stages of acting, like, the, the you know, to control your emotions and uh, kind of under, understand, like, what acting is and how to do it, it I think it would be really hard yeah. to jump into yeah. that yeah. just willy-nilly. You know yeah, what I mean? Totally. Like, that's, yeah. that's tough. I mean, like, you could yeah. be, like, the for uh, David Fincher's the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the guy that plays the rapist in that film, I mean, he's, like, He's in a whole bunch of like Danish films and stuff. He's a, you know, he's a, a, a an actor, an accomplished actor, and he, like, I guess, like, just had the hardest time doing those mm-hmm. scenes, and like he would like break wow. down, like crying, and be like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Rooney, I'm sorry, Rooney," like to mm-hmm. to Rooney Mara, like because he 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 couldn't separate his body doing yes. that even though it's yes. not real yeah you know um right and like so like i can't imagine yes. like being someone like i there's no way that i i, I can't be in front of a camera no. and, and do anything let alone like something so yeah. like it, it's and into scarlett johansson like like yeah. i don't know that's just insane it, but it testament to the film crew and the filmmakers and it, it like totally. like 
that they're all on board for this thing and that yeah. the art is that an image important. you sent this morning of oh, the yeah. alien holding the head or looking oh, at the shot. head of Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. You know, I, that is so powerful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because the because it's when she sees herself in the mirror yes. for the first time that the shift happens. And that's after that when she lets him go, and then you know it, it yes. kind of starts to snowball from there. But it's because before that, there's no self awareness of herself. Yes. She's just yes. doing; she's mechanical yes. or whatever doing it. So it's, it's a skin that she's yeah. inhabiting. And then yeah. so the end when mm-hmm. she's holding it, this is like you know this thing that she's been because then there's that long sequence where she's staring at herself in the mirror, you know, when she's naked, yes. and it's like she's seeing herself. And then at the very end, she's literally <laughs> seeing herself, yeah. right? Like yeah. the mirror is is not even a That's mirror; a it's just point. it's yes. that, yes. Um, which made for just such a great. Oh, I mean, yeah. and then you then you just hold still on the alien, and you can't tell. You kind of get the sense, maybe because I was imparting my own thoughts onto the alien, that it was sort of sad or like it was kind of, mm-hmm. you know, the alien's not is not or emoting anything, identifying. Right? You know, it seems. So curious to me, not curious, but probably obvious that um, both the alien and the woman are both subjugated by men. Mm-hmm. They're, in the alien world, yeah. the alien appears as masculine, yeah. and in the human world, yeah. the yeah. attacker is masculine. And so perhaps the female alien, whatever she is, um, and female is probably not the right word to describe it, but senses an identity in a relationship mm-hmm. with the female human. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, and it's it's essentially, you know, if she stays in line and is not a woman, then you're A-okay. But mm-hmm. once you finally see yourself and you pursue that, then it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's not okay. It's essentially what they're – which is not – the filmmaker's not saying that that's the point, but that's yeah. a kind of a comment, I guess, on yeah. – on, Society or various yeah, and things. And that's like what that. I applaud this film right. for because he's not he's not saying one thing. He's he's really yeah. like it's so he's so aware that all of these concepts and ideas uh are are more I mean like we can sit about and talk about this film for hours. Like yeah. you know, yeah. like <laughs> like yeah. I don't know how to describe that, but like he's 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 not he's not trying to point us in really in any no. one direction. Um, but I like the contrast, the, the gender contrast, because like she, you know, my girlfriend said this term too, when we were watching it, she's a black widow, which yeah. is kind of when you look at <laughs> talking about her super, which is ironic because she plays black <laughs> widow as well <laughs> in the right. Avengers. Um, but it's, it's this interesting because if you look at, serial killers um men men and women diverge very hard on how they approach killing men are violent in what they do they're aggressive they will force you right where women are like they're they go for methods that are not that are opposite of that like i'm not i don't want to say devious it's not the right term but they they poison or they (laughs) You know they 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 won't shoot you like men will shoot you where women will kind of like get you to almost kill yourself type of thing, mm-hmm. uh, and in this film it's sort of the same thing where she doesn't do anything to them like she doesn't even really touch them like ever it's just she brings them in they walk mm-hmm. into the web mm-hmm. 
get caught and that's it. She leaves. Mm-hmm. Right. The, but when you see like the only forms of violence you really see is like the man mm-hmm. and when he's aggressively forcing himself on her. Yeah. So like there's this really heavy contrast and distinction too of yeah. like what happens in real society in this movie kind of plays that yeah. out, you know. Yeah. And th- th- that you're right. That's that's a very feminine thing too like how this alien is I mean this goes back to what Don was saying about how like the alien relates back like to with uh, fem- uh, women mm-hmm. versus men but like the thing that the alien is doing is a very like uh, feminine th- way to kill yeah, people absolutely yeah I mean it's like yeah. I, you know Eileen Warnos she would yeah. use sex yeah, you know. Except, I, you know, I want to be clear though that the percentage of women who actually kill is so in the minority. Oh, absolutely! To, oh, absolutely! Know, yes, yes. Violence. So it's a very yeah. small. I mean, very few female serial killers or murderers. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, um, it definitely yeah. leans uh, heavily yeah. on the male yeah. side of things. Yeah. Uh, but from what the few female female serial killers there are, that there is a very yeah. solid line, you know. But but the guys are so probably easy to kill. <laughs> I mean, that, clearly. That, that's that's why men kill so many other men. <laughs> like like yeah, like I like it's like I don't know. So men are normally just so easily Trapped and distracted. I mean, think yeah, about it. This like, movie's like, what are they thinking with? They're yeah, thinking with their yeah, second head, yeah. right? Like, 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 they're not. Yeah, they're not thinking. They're they're thinking one thing only, yeah. and that's what gets them caught. Uh, essentially, <laughs> yeah. you know. But I so. think films like this, you know, ask us to to kind of say, well, what do we mean by that's female behavior? What do we mean by that's male behavior? And to recognize that. So much behavior is just human behavior, right. mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and we're, yeah. we're taught that it's gendered in one way or another. But, um, but yeah, the, these films I think challenge that. Yeah. That's why I like that scene uh, on the beach because it's that it boils down to exactly what you said. You have a woman. There's a woman who's in distress, but only because she, her impulse was to go help save the dog. The man is in distress because his impulse was to help go save them, and you know what I mean. So, like, right. it's just the behavior they uh, they that yeah. they enact or whatever is yeah. a human. It, there's nothing, you know. There's yeah. and then even her standing there staring, you know, for anyone, you could be in shock of what's happening. Yeah. Not everyone's gonna be like the surfer guy to run out there and just right. do it. Some people just stand there, like I just right. froze. You know, what are right. you gonna do? And, that, and that's something that's like it. Well, it goes back to that alien gaze that you mentioned, and. Yeah. It also how this is only something that film as an art can do yes. to project that not under the skin right. of the novel. It it can't not in that same way at least. Yes. Like it can't challenge how we are we are visually witnessing how gender I, I don't know um, can be perceived and how I can question myself and be like she's doing that but that's how i would do it or right. you know like mm-hmm. like um mm-hmm. uh I, I, I don't know um it, whereas i could read a book and the the novel won't it, it might be more black and white yeah. where i think under the skin is like almost all gray yeah. you know where it's like right. it's really um yeah yeah I don't, what do you guys make of that opening that beautiful eyeball genesis scene 
in oh, the beginning. Man. Isn't that so yeah, that's I, the, my first thoughts were he he loves two thousand one and he loves Psycho. Those were my two <laughs> two first thoughts. And I was like, <laughs> the influence of both of those is so stunning. But the scene is yeah. really good, and I like how there's this it's birth without yeah. showing. Story it's birth. like an alien birth. I mean, you yes. don't have a literal something coming out of a womb, right? Yeah. It's just something forming, and now there's an eye. But it's not God, and it's not human. Right, yeah. Exactly. And so, yeah. otherness, you know, it introduces otherness already. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that opening is great, because it just starts off, and it, it just... It's black, and then it's got this tiny yeah. little, like, speck. Yeah. And then it kind of oh, turns into to something. It kind of looks like... A cylinder going into like yeah, yeah, it looks yeah. like a donut, so it's kind of like sexualized a little bit. Yeah. But you're like, it's still so abstract, and then it kind of comes into like I a of circle. A camera lens too. Yeah. Oh, a camera yeah. lens, yeah, yeah, yeah camera well, lens. That's the yeah. thing; it's so abstract, but it's sort of you can sort of get the feeling that okay, there is, you know, a, a man and a woman, quote unquote, doing something to create this, but. I only I think was that's there, only though? was there? No, 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 no. I'm oh, saying okay, okay. I'm saying the imagery, the abstract imagery, part of it because it morphs into a bunch of different things. Right. I think part of it is like okay, it sort of to me looked like a cylinder kind of going into like mm-hmm. a donut, you know, mm-hmm. penis going into the vagina mm-hmm. type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then <laughs> but I think that only existed not as it, it wasn't literal, it was more like to kind of subconsciously get you to think that this is yeah. like a birthing scene right. essentially right. right where you know it's it's because that's the only way we can comprehend right. reproduction is right. through that method yet there's nothing about it too that seems like it's like technical like like um industrial or computer or technological but none of it seems like natural either right it's like the perfect right. combination of sterileness that doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like it's um like i don't know like if tarkovsky did the film it would have been like more like it would have been like it would have been more like natural like yeah. like the, the 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 alien would have been birthed from something that yes. we would recognize something as natural but if yes. like if yeah. if uh i don't know if uh, it, it's like uh, like robotic almost like it's like well, a machine, that, like it's, uh, it's like well, that's what I'm trying to say it's not it's not it's not robotic and it's not natural it's like the perfect blend mm-hmm. without yeah. being like they were you mm-hmm. I could tell Jonathan Glazer was so like telling his design team like we have to have it so that when, when they're looking at what they're looking they they kind of have just a sliver of an idea of what's going on, but it can't right. rec- it, it can't be recognized as something that's right. natural or something that's like a printer making something. Right. You know, like right. it has right. to be, right. which I right. thought was great because it has right. something that's super hard, like the reds and the yeah. blacks and the whites, yeah. and then it has uh-huh. like the the liquid eye, yeah. it's, which is a, which yeah. is more natural. I don't know how to describe that, but yeah, it's, it's like, hard. It's I, very abstract. I, scene. I, I, I like that otherness aspect of it, but but I also I thought yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like I like the otherness aspect, but I, I also like the um, just what she's saying, you know. So they like repeating the words, oh, you know. Yeah. Uh, like there's like this mission uh, uh, that she has, um, or how, how do I say it? Like she's an other, but she's also undercover, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, like she, like she's. Uh, She's hiding. Yeah. yeah. She's trying to learn yeah. how to pass as human. 
Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's kind of a trip, too, because later on she goes and plays, uh, oh, I can't remember her name now, but in Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. The intro to that is very, yeah. very similar, where she's yeah. being built, you know, born, oh. essentially. Right. You know, yeah. and given sort of, like, mandates and, and instructions on, yeah. like, what yeah. to do. Uh, I mean, it, when you when you think of all the films that Johansson's done in the last, like, four years, it's, it's they're all, like in tune with the similar theme which is like this this otherness i don't know uh, it's it, yeah. she's not she she that. hasn't just played like a human yeah you know like when was the last time she's played just a regular human yeah. i mean that's it's true cuz even like the avengers and stuff i mean she's a, she's, she's a superhero yeah, yeah. essentially yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah i mean she and then you know hail caesar she was a star. Oh, I guess that's true. She, yeah. but she was a human, but she was a star. You know, that's so true. in that sense, right. it's sort of you're yeah. you're elevated above humanity yeah. well, because you're well, a celebrity. Too, I mean, her role was like two minutes long in that movie, and she played a mermaid. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, you're right. She has become this sort of. But it wouldn't surprise me if the Coen Brothers were like did that on purpose <laughs> probably see and then she did other voice roles she was Ka in the Jungle Book oh, um, she did a voice role in the f- movie Sing and a voice role in Isle of Dogs oh really oh she's yeah. in Isle of Dogs have yeah. any of you seen Isle of Dogs not yet it hasn't time. come out on release like a wider release yet I think yeah. it's hitting the yeah. festival circuit right yeah. now yeah. man it better come out soon here yeah um, alright I think that was crazy in-depth discussion that we got into it. I love it. Uh, uh, so I think we should take a quick break and then come back around with takeaways, roundtable, and weekend recommends. So uh, stick around for stuff afterwards. Welcome back. So we're going to jump right into uh, takeaways, roundtable, and weekend recommends. Uh, so I'll start it off here with my takeaway. Uh, basically, this idea of blending reality and staged events, uh, which can be a great way to blur the lines of filmmaking, allowing you to stumble on events you may never have conceived of otherwise. I know Corinne does this. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. can I have... Uh, Cannibal Holocaust did this, which I don't recommend doing it the way they did it. Um, and then obviously under the skin, using the unscripted events and stuff. It can just be an interesting way to kind of discover the film, if you will. Who's uh, Corinne? <laughs> he is. Uh, what? What was? Your, what was the filmmaker's name that you came with? Gus Van, Gus San Lars Van Trier or whatever. 
Yeah, that was it. Uh, Gus Van Van Sant. He was making fun Gus of us. Trier, well, Lars Lars Funch. We 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 tend to bring the same directors oh, yeah, up oh. uh, a lot. We talk about Corinne and yeah, it's Bunch. Harmony Corinne and Reffin all the time. I always talk about Nicholas Winding Reffin and Harmony Corinne and Von Trier. And he, I just give him a hard he time. Gives us such a hard time. So he made up his own name, which was like. Right here it is. It's Lars San Gus Van Tree. <laughs> <laughs> combo, yeah. Which I'm so surprised you didn't add Harmony Corinne in there because uh, I should have yeah. added Reffin in there. But for some reason, like Gus Van Sant and Lars Van Trier, I com- I confuse the hell out of their names all the time. <laughs> like I can never I can never remember who did what because those names are the exact <laughs> same. Day. They couldn't have. More different filmography, completely different. <laughs> yes, Jeez. I know, but it's so like they're so their names are so, so the same name to me. <laughs> they're the same name for in my opinion. So you guys, anyone else can mention any takeaways, Don? If you have a uh, anything, well, I would say it's because I'm thinking about about this a lot with the book project I'm going to work on. Is that these stories could could only be told filmically? Yeah, and absolutely. So like we were talking about with her. You know, the fact that there's not a body creates a problem for the filmmaker. There's the fact that there's not a body in the couple. Yeah. Uh, but that leads to all these creative ways that constraint then forces a kind of reliance on sound that allows things to be done that haven't been done before. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's really interesting to realize these stories are realized visually and through sound. Yep. And we can't mm-hmm. just talk about them thematically without understanding how they're realized filmically. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. And I like that too because... Yeah, that's great. You know, big part of cinema for me is the fact that it is visual. Yeah. I mean, I'm a visual learner. I, I enjoy the visual medium more than, like, anything else. So anything, anytime a film can be visual, obviously it always is, but there's more yeah. visual. And is, film is a material process, mm-hmm. so yeah. mm-hmm. it's got a body, too. Absolutely. Well, there you go. We could even dive into <laughs> nice. that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I don't want to get this <laughs> <laughs> um, do you guys have anything lined up? Uh, uh, yeah, I got. Or I'll, I, I got two. So I got movie baggage is your friend. Uh, both these films use Scarlett Johansson in a way that uh, complements her movie baggage. Uh, do you do you know, you know that like term? what we think of her Mood, movie no, baggage? I don't know. That uh, term. Like like uh, what like all like oh. all of her previous. Like when you watch someone, and, you get yeah, the you you know what totally. I mean. Totally. Like kind of her yeah. status. You yeah. know what yeah. she's done before, yeah. so you're bringing that with you every time you, you see are, it. Are yeah, yeah. right. Some, it's yeah. like celebrity, but focused well, on the, yeah. the films. Some filmmakers tell stories where you have to know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, for yeah. the effect. Yes. Yeah. And I think both these movies, like, in order to understand, like, the yeah. themes, you need that yeah. movie baggage of, of Scarlett yeah. Johansson. But I think if you don't know Scarlett Johansson, these movies can get lost mm-hmm. on you. I think you can still get it, yeah. but I think they can get lost. Did you uh, coin so that term, movie ba- Jacob? Mo- movie baggage? Uh, I, I don't know. I heard that term with. some right before we recorded, that's like, an good, episode and a, brought that's it. That's a good phrase for It that. is a good one, yeah. 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 It's a good phrase. We use yeah. it a lot. Um, so, yeah, movie baggage is your friend, and also... Um, I think the weirdest part about sex scenes is the audio, and it's very clear in her. Um, just uh, you know, and if there's a way to do movie sex without showing <laughs> the sex, or or especially hearing the sex, I think that uh, is would is really fascinating. Um, I uh, that's probably just my own kind of preachy opinions, but I I, I like um, I like films that. that they have things that symbolize sex versus. Oh, sex. no I wonder mean, you like ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's 
part of why I like ghosts. That's a good point. Wow. No, that's that's a that's a I, good thing to I say. I now though. understand. Like I now know. Like how I feel like I know a little bit of how Jacob's like mind ticks when it comes to, <laughs> to certain things. Now. Right. It's not. Uh, it's not obvious, but it's very specific, and there's no reason for anything. I mean, that's a good point, though. I think film sex and film does rely on the sounds that especially like the female makes to sell the scene mm-hmm. you know right like, which is kind of messed up i mean it is messed up like why why does it have to be the the the, the well because it's it's for dudes well i well yeah you know, but that's, like, me- that's what's it's messed dudes up about making it, yeah. it too so like so. you know generally it's yeah. heterosexual men yeah. making it you know so Especially Hollywood, because the main audience is 17-year-old boys, yeah. you know? So, of course, they want to hear, like, the woman doing that. Yeah. Y- you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. And I think it's interesting when they do do things that make the it. Yeah, I think, um, mm-hmm. what the heck, Don't Look Now. Yeah. Have you seen Don't Look Now? I haven't seen that. Uh, so, there's a very infamous, long, kind of gratuitous scene where they have sex and I think it's actually like pretty much soundless. Yeah, it's kind of them just rolling around in a bed. Donald Sutherland and, and Julie. Uh, yeah, uh, Julie interesting huh. how they pull that yeah. one off. And it's it's still like sensual because it's a scene. It's not just gratuitous. It's not they're doing it, be, but the, uh-huh. it's actually part of the like the plot. Yeah, of it's why it's, doing it's like it. the, the, one of the most infamous sex scenes because when the viewers watched it for the first time and to this day like they're just like wow like the chemistry is so good yeah that the that it's it, it's stylized but yet it feels right. real mm-hmm. it's oh. it's kind of weird it's much more natural it's a oh, it's also yeah. a british italian film so the the nudity and the sex is much more yeah. natural than it's, right. it's American directed film. by nicholas rogue who you know he did like walkabout and right. uh, bad timing and right. you know these interesting films but um yeah uh which I, I, from our memory it was fairly like quiet yeah, I think there might things. be like some music going on or mm-hmm. something. I think yeah. Is, yeah. Um, I guess my biggest takeaway is just like, um, I don't know, like Jonathan Glazer to me is like one of those guys that I just wish he had do- does more stuff. You know, yeah. like it, this was his first film yeah. since birth, which was 2004. So it took him nine years. You know, someone yeah. that has like this much talent and vision, like, yeah. like it's just so. Mm-hmm. It's like Stanley Kubrick. It's like, oh man, I wish he had more. But yet, it makes you also aware and appreciate the art that he that's given to us. Yeah. Um, so, I guess my biggest takeaway is just like, when it comes to like creating art or film, like, I think this is under the skin is like the perfect example of of someone who is has something so like important to say to them that that it takes that long or mm-hmm. um I, I think that's just i don't know i just think it's important i mean to to just make it work you know um right like the film could have looked completely different by the same director but he chose mm-hmm. the way like everything i don't know how to describe that but like mm-hmm. but he's he's uh it I just like look up to him because it's just so him. It's just that film could could not have been made by anybody else. Yeah. Like it's just right. you could just tell it's a singular vision, and mm-hmm. I think that's just awesome. Yeah. I just love it when directors just do something that's just so yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
All right, so we're going to try this roundtable thing. So basically, we'll just go to each person, and the other three will just say, you know, I thought you liked this film more, and you can give kind of like a small reasoning why, which I know will be tough for you because <laughs> oh, we know... I can't make decisions. Well, and we know each other better <laughs> than our guests generally know us. Like, the a couple episodes ago, we had oh. someone on who basically didn't know it we didn't no one knew her and then like she didn't know any of us so it's it's a guessing game based off of kind of like what we've how we've talked about movies throughout the episode um she's still gonna be hard though it's it's still gonna be tough yeah um yeah this will be a tough one so how about well should we start with me so yeah yeah we'll start with you and then we'll just go in a circle um and it's just kind of a you know it's no no stakes it's It's just kind of fun um I think he likes her more. It's more your style of movie rolling off of Ghost and everything else. <laughs> uh, rolling off. Yeah, I think it's yeah. more your right. shit. I don't think I think you liked Under the Skin, but just her kind of and it's Spike John Jones and Jerk. Jones, right? Spike Jones. Jones, yeah. So I think you know uh, Jose. <laughs> I think he's you. I've heard you say you like him before, so yeah. I. I am sexually attracted. <laughs> <laughs> I I am in agreement. Just as body. I'm in agreement with uh, with Keith. I think you like her better. I think because I don't know. You're Chris Pratt fanboy. No, <laughs> no, uh, no uh, I uh, I think I think it's just. There, those high trials. He was a very. Can I just say say that real quick though? He was a very oddly casted person in this. Yeah. Because 2013, it's not like he was just unknown. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one hadn't come out yet, right? Hadn't come out yet, I don't yeah. think. But he was still rolling off of like Parks and Rec, and yeah. like you know, he was getting this notoriety, yeah. and then he just kind of popped up in a really tiny part. Yeah. yeah. You know. Um, yeah. It is odd for for his like baggage before. Yeah. Then. Like it's kind of an odd yeah. role for. Totally. That. I th- yeah. I think. Uh, but yeah, I think there's something superhuman about her, which is odd considering the other character is not a human. But um, it's just like a story that I think almost anybody could relate to at to some at some point. And I think that I mean I think that's it's right. a type of movie that I picture you making, Jacob. That's I guess maybe why. Ooh, yeah. hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, do you have an idea of which one he well, may have liked more? You guys have persuaded me that he probably likes her more. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it, Jacob? <laughs> Man, you know, I like to I like to flip uh, I like to flip it around sometimes, but I, I gotta say, you guys are all spot on. <laughs> um, I yeah, definitely, I definitely liked her more. Um, I, I appreciate it under the skin and, and what it does, um, but as far as like a uh, pleasure standpoint um it, her definitely takes a cake but really it's like it's the colors it's the mm-hmm. the themes of it it's the fact that it's about a relationship you know i'm a big fan of just movies that are about relationships and are still interesting because <laughs> there's a lot of crappy relationship <laughs> movies out there so when there's a good one it's like and there's right. like emotional growth which is i know something that there's, you like yeah emotional growth is a big thing uh for me um because i'm still working on myself um but (laughs) but honestly like there's shots in this movie i remembered from the first time i saw it and i was like oh where's that uh scene where he sits down at the subway 
things and sees people walking by. Like I'm like, well, I'm waiting for that yeah. shot again. You know, it's just it's a movie that uh, just really like that rest- yeah. But I still like Under the Skin, and I I appreciate that it. restaurant where he has that date with Olivia Wilde. It's like the coolest restaurant. I'd love to go there. Coolest <laughs> restaurant ever. Yeah. Um, just real quick too. So. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy came out in 2014, so he was filming that when her. Oh, wow. He was probably kind of doing them fairly concurrently, I'd imagine. Yeah, wow. Uh, so he was known, you know, because he casted in Guardians of the yeah. Galaxy, obviously. So, um, yeah, who knows? That's great. All right, so, yeah. I will be the next person on the chopping block here. Uh, I think. Is it me? Sure. Anyway, yeah. I mean, I guess anyone. I, I I think it's definitely under the skin because <laughs> I know that you are not a fan. Of, I, well, I know that you at one point weren't a fan of Spike Jones, but I don't know if you've actually seen any of his movies besides this one. Is her the one? Her might be the only one that you've seen of. You haven't seen uh, Bing John Malkovich? I've seen Bing John oh, Malkovich okay, before. Okay. Yeah. So that's the Jonesy. That's Honze. <laughs> I think. I think I'm just going to go with Under the Skin because it's like it's it's like it's progressive, you know. It's 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 something yeah. different because it's not her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm with Byron. I'm going Under the Skin, and outside of everything about these two movies, just because Spike Jones did her. That is why I'm going on this game. That is, that is the sole reason. So outside of the themes, outside of the writing, the, the shots, it's just because Spike Jones is part of the project. So I've had some, um, I've had some <laughs> opinions about Spike Jones in this show. They're surfacing prior to, right Yeah. And I generally don't like romance movies like very much. Yeah. Right. I spent a lot okay, of... Okay, I'll, 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 do, I'll do a real one. I, I think you like Under the Skin more because it's... It's it's more of an art film. It's it's more outside of the uh, the mainstream. Yeah. Her is like a mainstream art film, you know. That's a good way um, to so it, kind of like Drive. I see Drive as that, and I know you guys don't, but I totally see Drive as like this blend of studio and art film. Uh, and it, her is totally that. Um, so I think I think you would rather have it one way. I, I don't think you're <laughs> a big fan of those blends. But I think you have your guilty pleasure studio films, then you have your art films, and I think Under the Skin hits that art film thing real good for you. Fair enough. Do you have any sense about yeah, me, Don? I, I do. <laughs> I, I do. I know you enough to know you like offbeat stuff, and you're intrigued by things that are odd based on my interaction. That's fair. With you. Yeah, that's fair. So yeah. I'm going with Under the Skin. Yeah, Sweet. it's it's definitely Under the Skin. Uh, although <laughs> I did like her. Cool. I will cool. say that. Um, I I'm can't glad that you liked it. Yeah. I th- that's that's awesome. I might have actually even given it four stars. I honestly can't remember. Hey, I know, buddy. Yeah, I know. Well, because he hated our ghost so much. <laughs> I spent I spent a good amount of you time kind of just railing the last, ghosts, the last the last the last episode. <laughs> Keith went on a rant. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, I did give I did give her four stars. I was I was pleasantly surprised by it, uh, mostly because I liked the meta aspects of of her and not, and the comments on modern day you know yeah. um, living essentially and the yeah. cinematography was just yeah. like yeah. it's great, great cinematography yeah. but Under the Skin you're talking about Ghost right? oh yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> uh, but Under great the Skin is 5 out of 5 that movie is very much everything I look for in a movie the soundtrack was great uh, it's yeah. weird it's experimental in places it's mm-hmm. offbeat it's yeah, yeah. sweet it's tough 
Yeah. All right, this is this is a bit tougher with Byron because his <laughs> tastes just like go up and down and all over the place. Yeah. And, and he is sometimes he just like hates movies and I just don't understand it. <laughs> I, I'm going right, to go with What's her. What's the only movie that I've ever hated though? Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. You also hated. Forrest you Gump. also there was a, one other movie we mentioned. I can't remember what it was when you were just like, "Oh my god, don't even talk about that movie." But yeah, we'd have to go back yeah. into the catalog. Yeah, I can't remember what that was. <laughs> uh, back but into it's the archive. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's rare. It's rare to have a movie where you're just. It like, wasn't. Flat uh, out. Well, I mean, I really only hate on Forrest Gump because. Pulp Fiction should have won the Oscar that year yeah, for that. <laughs> yeah. We also... that Yeah, it's because oh, of Pulp Fiction is so great. Yeah. yeah. We also kind of collectively hated on uh, Boondock Saints. Boondock Saints, yeah. Yeah, yeah we did do that. Movie, yeah. so. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad movie. Uh, I'm going to go with Under the Skin just because it's... Uh, I think it's just... It is it. Okay, cool. I think you like her, but... It's, it's like my situation where yeah. we like her, but... Under the skin is taps into everything you like. Cool. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go her. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go different. Just because I, I think, I think Byron appreciates Under the Skin, but I think that um, he likes the way, like the. Oh God! No, I kind of want to switch. The. Because I think you like the tone of Under the Skin more, but I, I think, I think the uh, maybe the oh god no I'm gonna go Under the Skin <laughs> it has the tone, it has the tone and it has the um, really like interesting. Okay, you know, fuck it, I'm going her just gut, it's just gut. I'm well, going. I'm going. roller coaster right now. <laughs> I think Under the Skin is just a movie that caters to you. Like, okay. it didn't, int- obviously, it intentionally didn't do that, yeah. but I think it does cater Oh, I know him. Years. I know him personally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I think it's important to point out, too, that we've all taken Don's classes when we were in school as well. So you have yeah. some, it, we're we, a little, yeah. f- a couple years removed now from that, but, <laughs> yes. uh, you know, some sensibility about yeah. us, I guess. Yes. So I think, did you take the most? I only took the one. I only took trash cinema, unfortunately. I only took. I think I only took your anime class. I think. Oh, okay. The, I wanted uh-huh. to take the trash class, yeah. but uh, I think I was the next time it was offered. Yeah. I was graduating, or, yeah. uh, or it yeah. was because so it tough. just it didn't work. Yeah. Um, and I think it I was. Did, I did yeah. trash, and I did your fancy lit class. Cyber I can't remember fiction? what it was. No, Fancy. it was like the main course Fancy. lit class. What are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> I don't know because I, I did. It was the fancy one, fancy feast. Uh, it was the uh, so I was the. It was like the required one for English lit majors. Okay, it was like three hundred one or four hundred one um, or something. Three eleven. Three eleven was yeah that maybe was, it that had that thick fiction. We did Gravity's Rainbow in there. No, no, <laughs> no. That's too smart. For me. It was the. Gravity's Rainbow is just so painful. Uh, it, it was lower than that. I think it was like two hundred two writing about literature. No, no, is high. Is it, is it, it like a the one that like class that you don't do anymore? Well, it was one that I didn't need to take, graphic, but I wanted to. Novels. So it's not. No, it, it was like a. Well, what what was the book we did in there? Oh my I god! Made a big it impression was impression on it, you. I can tell. Obviously, yeah. It was a huge, huge class in my life. Um, it was that super dense, thick book that had oh, like the um, 
there was just so much uh, in there. Did, was it's, it theory class three thirteen? Yes, it was it, critical it was a theory cultural class. theory. Was it this one? Yeah, oh, okay. Yes, yes, that book. Yes, <laughs> thank you. I still have that book. I'm probably never going to read it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. Too smart. Uh, I took that class. It changed his life. <laughs> it was just too smart. Yeah. <laughs> and now, now I still like ghosts. So. Uh, all right. Uh, oh, do you want to guess for? Yes. Uh, I'm going to go with Under the Skin because of the, how technically interesting it is, especially yeah. with with sound design. Yeah. I Gosh. agree. Yeah, no, Under the Skin. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> how close was it, though? Um, I really liked her. It was funny because the first time I saw her, like, I was in my first relationship. So it was like, and it was new at that time. Oh. So, like, I was experiencing like things for the first time that I hadn't like experienced before, you know, like, so when I was watching this movie, I was like recognizing things and, and stuff. And it was, it, it, I I don't know. It was one of those movies that kind of like, was one of the first movies that I don't get touched or anything with the movies. I, Mm -hmm. I'm, I normally am so technical when I watch movies that, but it was one that I, I, I did recognize like, and understand like there was more going on. I cared more about like the character than I normally do in yeah. a movie. Um, so oh. I, I did like it. I, it's I, one of my favorite films of that year for sure. But um, Under the Skin takes the cake. I mean, a part a part of it too was the experience I had when I watched it for the first time. You know, at Telluride, it was just yeah. like no one knew what the hell we were getting ourselves into, and we walked out just like knowing that mm. it was a film that could really change like film as an art form like it, it's it's yeah. so its own yeah. unique thing it's it's one that i know yeah. on film comment you know it was it was ranked as one of the top 10 films of the year and it's going to be one of those yeah. ones that we look at in 2000 you know in 2010s what yeah. you know it's going to be the top five yeah. I, I think it's going to be super yeah. relevant for sure what it says about how we view gender and sexuality and our present day, you know, yeah. when, you know, people like us doing a podcast in 2070 could be like, yeah. you know, <laughs> doing a, 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 you could talk about under the skin yeah. and be like how influential yeah. it was. Yeah. It's so. one of those ones that's going to resurface later in academia yeah. and yeah. people are really going to be like, yeah, this was it. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. yeah I'm with that. Cool. All right. Let's all guess for Don, which this is actually kind of fun because you picked yeah, these movies. Like this so, <laughs> you, you know, I obviously like both of them. Yeah, exactly. So it's a matter of if, if there's, there's one that you like more. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I'm going to say based off of your general, from what, from my understanding of your general interest in film and especially after, you know, the passion behind teaching things like trash cinema, which is like, you know, who the hell else is going to do that really? Like, I'm glad, <laughs> and I say that because I'm glad someone did it. Like, we need that to happen. Um, right. Out of all the classes yeah. I took, you know, that was one that stuck with me more in terms of my own filmmaking. Yeah. So, cool. uh, I'm going to say Under the Skin. Uh, because it is a little more visceral. Um, it's just a little more... It kind of uses... To some degree, uses the same aesthetics. Not aesthetics, but... It, it's so... Punk rock, almost? 
I, yeah, <laughs> like kind of how trash cinema is like that, yeah. where they're kind of like, you know, fuck it all, and we're just going to do what we're going to do. Yeah. Under the Skin's like that, but in a, in a way that's, you know, trying to be more highbrow, I guess. Um, but obviously you like both, because you teach both, so. Mm-hmm. But Under the Skin. Oh, man. Do you want to go first or me? Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, I, I think... Uh, I'm going to, you know, Keith, you really summed up <laughs> what I was going to say. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not even kidding. Great. Thanks a lot, but Keith. I was, <laughs> I, yeah, I was, I was like this, like Don, you know, I, I, for me, like it is that trash cinema is, is where, is what I remember you from, obviously, because the, uh, Critical analysis, whatever class. Like, <laughs> that, that wasn't critical. That, that wasn't I'm not as. To uh, you, but, you know. I'm not trying to offend you. I just that to me that's like not as Don. You know what I mean? Like that's not like the Don class uh, to take. Um, uh, but like your more specific classes are like more you, I think. Uh, so I, I'm gonna go with uh, not her. I'm gonna go with under the skin because with with what I know about you being in your class and the types of classes that you taught at Western, um, I think that just kind of fits what you're interested in uh, a little bit more than her does. Like, and there's more layers to it. Um, So I'm going to go under the skin. It's funny because there's a part of me that that wants to say her because I think, well, you you mentioned that you were writing the book about like post-millennial films and her I think is a, is such a good film it's almost quintessential yeah that 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 anyone you know it's pg-13 you know most people can go watch it and and it's super accessible so it's it's one that would be like the almost the perfect starting point for that topic and you could even pair it with with films like moonlight and stuff because it's it's about relationships and 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 growth and so like i feel like it's a super important film but i think maybe like on a personal like if you rewatch mm-hmm. either one of these films you might rewatch under the skin more so i'm going to go with under the skin <laughs> wow right. drum roll right yeah. i would say under the skin because it's so yes. deeply creative and innovative Sweet. and weird imagery and odd, you know, almost unconsciously um, provocative. Provocative, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, this, this yeah there you go. That's what it is. The imagery are just so just deeply imaginative. Um, however, I, I love thinking theoretically about her. I'll be writing on her. I think it's, it says so many interesting things about our relationship mm. with technology yeah. and about gender and about the way we form relationships and I think it's so timely yeah. Yeah, in that contemporary yeah. cultural mm-hmm. yeah, moment so I really appreciate that film a lot but I always go for the rogue See. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, that awesome. would be yeah. under the skin. Sweet. Yeah, her is one of those films that you could almost feels like was designed for academic study, like later. Yeah, like he wants that film to be yeah. talked about. Yeah, you know, even if he, maybe he didn't, maybe he doesn't want it. Well, he, every filmmaker wants their film talked about, but I think in sub some sub mm-hmm. some subconscious way, he wanted it talked about yeah. theoretically and in, in academically. But yeah, but it doesn't feel right. like it was something that needed that needed to come out of Spike Jones, whereas. 
under the skin if it just feels like something that has been brewing within him for years and years and years yeah. that he's he's finally that it just germinated into something that he was able to to put on film i mean he had 240 right. hours of film that he shot that he would watch and watch and then <laughs> ring his his editor up and be like okay think about putting that image before this image, you know, and and I and you can oh, tell that. God. I mean, this I, poor editor. I, I love <laughs> yeah. films where you're not even sure how or why they're acting on yeah, it, but yeah. they have a power, mm-hmm. right? Power. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. All right, so is that that was uh, under the skin or no? Jacob was her, and then. Three, so yeah, three, three under the, the skins and one. Yeah. Her. Right. That's great. That sounds about right. <laughs> it just didn't get under your skin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so this week's Weekend Recommends uh, comes from Brittany Sterling, who also gave us Raw. Is, isn't uh, isn't it supposed to be Don's? Oh, shoot. What? I'm dumb. It should be yours. <laughs> I don't know why I put that in there. You're right. When the guest is on, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, can You're right. we do two? Uh yeah, I guess we could, we could do two, uh, but no, it should be so, it should sorry, be your yeah. weekend recommends. He's right; it should be your weekend recommends. So this week's weekend recommends comes from our guest Don. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should have two. Okay, are you sure you don't want to do yours first? Sure, I can do it. Okay. So we have one from Brittany Sterling, and she says uh, the film is "We Are What We Are," which is a very patient, uh, which is very patient in revealing the horror of the situation. Very elegant American Gothic esque, and the ending is a fucking awesome turn for the girls. <laughs> wow. I do want to see this one. We are what we are. If I'm if I'm yeah. thinking of the right film, it's about a cannibal family. I oh. think I'm pretty sure. Mm. I think it did well at Sundance or yeah. like South by Southwest. It was getting or some like acclaim at um, at film festivals. Yeah. yeah so the Parkers, th- a reclusive you... family who follow ancient customs, find their secret existence threatened as a torrential downpour moves into their area forcing their daughters to assume responsibilities beyond those of a typical family. Mm. Oh. I think you and Brittany really see eye to eye on your taste for movies. Yeah. Did, did you Maybe ever you see Raw? similar taste. No. Raw is... I need to see Raw. I gotta yeah. see Raw, too. Great, great film. That. You know, we were talking about Doris Wishman earlier. Have any of you seen The Love Witch? Oh, I want that's to. The, no. Yeah, I brought this. Talked about this talked film about before. This yeah, yeah. Uh, I haven't I seen have, it, but I I'd like seen to. It yet, but my students keep telling me you've got to see this. It looks really because good. it's like a contemporary. It uses a trash aesthetic with a contemporary film. Yep. Um, it's, this huh. looks like it's from the seventies. Looks yeah. like it's from the seventies, but it's got high production values, which mm-hmm. is a distinct yeah. difference. <laughs> yeah, wow. I, I believe it. Like they bought like lights that they used on film sets in the 70s and 80s oh, like wow. like they everything I've been to, that they made their film they made with oh, wow. stuff that they made 80s movies so cool. yeah I've which is so cool right. which I've would be expensive it. to make okay <laughs> yeah no shit yeah get those lenses from the yeah. 70s and shit so i am thinking wow. of this is a different film that britney said that i am from the one i'm thinking of but there's one with a similar title like we are something, or there's one that's like we come from the shadows uh, by the it's guy not, who did. It's uh, something like we are. That's that comedy with the vampire. By the guy who did uh, Thor Ragnarok, yeah, yeah, yeah. What Wakiki Tuck Freaky, whatever it is, <laughs> Freaky Watakiki. I I don't know what it is. Um, okay, so that's one. Does Don, do you want to? <laughs> yeah, what's uh, your recommendation? My rec for the weekend is Phantom Thread, and so, so purportedly this is Daniel Day Lewis's last movie, which yeah. is incredibly sad. I know, um, but I think it's it. 
it takes a look at the intricacies of a romantic relationship um, with a reveal at the end that will leave you like debating with your friends for hours. <laughs> it's one of those movies where you have to go back and reconsider everything that happened in the film by the time you get to the end. And it's, it's stunning cinematography, oh, nice. stunning acting. Great. Yeah, I really want to see this eventually. That was at the uh, Oscars for costuming and makeup? It won for costumes. It might have won for it makeup. Won. I'm not sure if it did. But it, it was nominated for it was best, best picture. picture, best actor. Yeah. And score, and right? And score, yeah. 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 In fact, I would imagine it was in for did script, it win too, for right? score? Uh, no. I don't think it won, won anything. No, Shape of Water won. Oh, that's score. right. Shape of Water won. But Paul Thomas Anderson, I mean... Yeah. Can you do... I mean, he's, he's <laughs> phenomenal. I, anything he, he does. He's a wizard. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, the master, yeah. to, for me, might still... I think that might be my favorite yeah. of his. Yeah. I mean, There Will Be Blood is so good, but everybody likes There Will Be Blood, so... Yeah. I almost have to go with the master, but Phantom Thread was good because it's so different. I like it when... Yeah. when someone the director just changes it completely like just changes it up yet yeah. remains true to themselves i mean it when you watch it, it's like oh i am watching a paul thomas anderson yeah. but it's unlike i've seen him you know it's it, yeah. it's completely different i don't know it's like yeah. punch drunk love it's yeah. those are maybe his two like yeah. farthest of what he yeah. normally does um yeah. i wish i Oh, it yeah. is showing. Okay, so I I was just gonna say I wish the master would show more in seventy millimeter. However, at Cinerama in Seattle, um, he's got two yeah. films showing in seventy millimeter. Wait, so the I'm, master's playing right now? At, no, no, at, no. So September twelfth, um, there's a sh- one showing of Inherent Vice, and these are all in seventy millimeter. Wow. Um, and then the next day is the master. Wow. And is that that's the seventy millimeter film festival? Yeah. That they do. The one where 2001 yeah. is going to be at. Oh, we're okay. And, and Lawrence, oh, Lawrence of Arabia. Arabia. Apocalypse yeah. Now. We're going to have to go. Baraka. Totally going this year. Stalker? Uh, I don't... There's a 70 millimeter... There's a 70 there millimeter year. print of that. No. Oh, so we have two... But they're also showing, like, Baraka <clears throat> yeah. and, There's, like, that guy's film. I can't remember the guy's right. name. Um, Ron... Whatever that... Something. Um, there's, so there's yeah. 2001, the 1982 Tron... The Sound of Music, Lawrence of Arabia, Interstellar, Spartacus, Apocalypse wow. Now, Aliens, oh. Baraka, Inherent Vice, The Master, Starman from 1984, Patton, mm. Pink Floyd, The Wall, Life Force, The Hateful Eight. I was going to say The Hateful Eight. Um, wow. And they all. Oh, and then Year of the Dragon closes it out. Wow. Yeah, that's a. I'm so I excited. I'm go. so going this yeah. year. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. I want to see 2001 70mm. So bad. Uh, all right. Well, thank you so much for that recommendation. And thank you for being on the show. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Was so yeah. great. My, my former student. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> about movies again. Yeah, it so was much. good. And I think you brought a level of like sophisticated discussion that we just don't normally get yeah so i know really for sure you right well yeah. you guys didn't do half day yourself <laughs> with all the gender and sexuality all things considered yeah <laughs> right yeah. Uh, well i mean we definitely try to be open to to what we talk yeah. about you know and yeah. this this idea of what we talk about obviously came up when we talked about black exploitation too because yeah. you know it's it's hard to, especially in this day and age where it's like, you know, you want to get the people who these films represent talking about the films, but you can't yes. always do that. And yes. I think we came up with a good discussion with Black Exploitation. Yeah. So, yeah, um, awesome. <clears throat> but I'm glad we could have you on. 
could have you on and then and talk about these films. Well, um, it's kind of ironic too because we started this podcast because we didn't have an outlet that we had yeah. in, in college, which is like yeah. to talk about films and yeah. to watch new films that we hadn't mm-hmm. um, discussed and to, to just kind of go back <coughs> and forth. Great and, idea. Like, yes, yeah. we do like opinion stuff, but but we also want to continue learning mm-hmm. and instead of going back to school like yes. it's like well what could what could be something that so we did together fun. yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> well i don't yeah. know but it's more fun yeah. I, I really miss like kind of being forced to like write a paper you know like that's all right I, you, well, you can tell think you've of, been out of school it. for a while yeah yeah you know like <laughs> that's called nostalgia I, it is i think yeah <laughs> great movie too that's a great movie but um yeah like but it's it's cool to just like kind of talk about it so it's kind of cool to have you back on or you know on as someone that we like looked up to at one you know like when we were kind of maturing in our with our voices Mm -hmm. for film and now we're all colleagues (laughs) which is pretty cool (laughs) (laughs) slowly but surely (laughs) but yeah i definitely Uh, going through school appreciated that you have these classes that were not you know being taught yeah. by others same um, you, know, you had your traditional film studies and stuff like that but the niche classes were the really yeah. Yeah, interesting like, ones I mean people when yeah. I say I had an anime class they're like what like mm-hmm. <laughs> really? I wish I could have taken that class you, you pay you, you, yep. yeah, yeah you too. pay to go and to all you, yeah. the nerdy geeks will find me <laughs> <laughs> where they are <laughs> it's so cool um, but uh, yeah, so if you listeners have any questions or opinions, send an email to btvfilmspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also visit our Facebook page to comment on or discuss this week's episode or any of the past episodes. Um, if you like the show, please rate it, you know, whatever, but preferably five stars wherever you listen to it. because <laughs> Just leave a uh, review. <laughs> or leave a review because um, it really helps others find us. Uh, that's, that's the only way that these podcasts raise... Uh, any awareness is through the reviews so uh, please do that uh, you can also follow us on Letterboxd at jcfoltz24 for Jacob and Hyperion creator for me um, next week we'll be talking about Netflix movies and s- this idea of Silicon Valley money uh, being put into the <laughs> filmmaking process uh, with the two films Beasts of No Nation and Okja so make sure you watch the films to be a part of the discussion. And thanks again for being here, Don. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. so much. Yeah, thanks, Don. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye-bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>